Mortal Kombat 2021. Oh, not that one. Oh, sorry. Hey, when did you start the podcast, Dylan? Mortal Kombat 2021 released April 23rd, 2021. We're doing it again. Back to the beginning. A third or fourth time now. Mortal Kombat. I'm Dylan Alvento. I'm Nick Nundahl. And I'm Joe Wetmore. And this is Attract Mode. Well, 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 Joe. Well, well, well. Look who's decided to show up. Yeah, I you thought come crawling back here. <laughs> yeah, it just seemed like Mortal Kombat. Wow, that's that's got to be good, right? That's got to be Mortal Kombat was Dylan's favorite other attract mode movie. So maybe this time, you know, it'll be like the best, not just video game movie, dare I say, but the greatest movie of all time. Could greatest it have been that? Time. Is that what it ended up being? What, what we just watched? No, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> Absolutely no. Oh, uh, what was I it? had faith. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It was something. You know what? I went and put it on my letterbox uh, thing, and I'm going to go ahead and say I think I like the Snyder Cut more. <laughs> <laughs> At I least think... the Snyder Cut had some entertaining parts and some character development, yeah. unlike this movie. There's. There's something almost impressive about how staggeringly mediocre it is. Like, yeah. it's like so middle of the road in all ways. Like most movies that are mediocre have some ups and downs. I don't even think, I mean, this has, certainly like it can't be without ups and downs, but like it has no extreme ups or downs. Like everything it does is so just like mild. <laughs> it's like, even the gore is like, all right, a, this is a, this is a yeah. mild like I've seen this in the it video games it. basically. Yeah, it did sure. it. It was there was at no point was the gore ever surprising to me, nor any of the no. plot reveals, nor any of the characterizations or anything. Uh, well, but and the thing they did was out. they made it feel almost exactly like the video games. I'm sorry, yeah. what were you saying? I was saying they put that red band trailer out, so like oh yeah, you right. Kind of knew what to expect for most this, of the movie. <laughs> this whole movie was so over trailered. We t- I, I can't remember if we talked about it on an episode when we were talking about leading into this or if we just talked about it ourselves, but I accidentally watched a trailer that was like a mashup of a bunch of trailers. Yeah, you watched the trailer supercut, which seems like... <laughs> which, why does that exist? <laughs> um, I don't know. But it, it's so weird because they'll do the like, the, the get over here bit of the movie in the trailer in every one of the different of trailers. You and would, some of, yeah. Some of these trailers are like 15 seconds long. They're like oh, yeah. super teasers. So you'd hear get over here and then 15 <laughs> seconds later, get now, over I here. Could, I could I could understand if get over here was used as like a like a like a, a motif in like a, a little techno beat, you know? Like if if it was like yeah, a, like right. something like you start with some like rep- repetitive breath like <laughs> get over here. <laughs> Get over here. And then you layer in some more stuff. And then you can yeah. have like a whole Mortal, a sick Mortal Kombat beat. But you know what? This movie did not have any sick music whatsoever. 
No, it had that one moment when they referenced the old music. Mildly. And I was like, oh, yeah, and then it disappeared. It was gone as soon as it started. It was like, you just you remember that? You remember that? Yeah. <laughs> I remember. Um, I remember better times. Yeah. Where do we begin uh, with this? Should we begin with the plot? we have to begin? <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose so. Um, we begin with a spoiler warning, because this is a new movie, and if it's uh, if you have that there, HBO Max, it is available for your viewing yeah. experience. But also, viewing if you've seen the trailers, you've already been fully spoiled, <laughs> yeah. and don't watch the movie. Just don't bother. And even if, if you you've... haven't seen the trailers, and you start watching this movie, <laughs> within 15 minutes, you'll say, okay, I know where this is going. <laughs> Yeah. Like the, yeah. Um, there's yeah. So you spoiled yourself you can go by back, having a brain. Or you can go back and listen <laughs> to the three other podcast episodes where we talk about the other Mortal Kombat movies that are also uh origin stories of the Mortal Kombat universe. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you'll also have a pretty good idea of what this is. It's funny because I do feel like going into this uh, this podcast here i have a stronger appreciation for every other mortal even like the ones i didn't like like that that really shitty boat cartoon and that <laughs> that recent scorpion revenge cart anime thing that, that happened like uh-huh. uh, both of those have things that are so much more admirable than like almost anything in this movie yeah i thought joel McHale was going to show up in this movie <laughs> as johnny cage i was like so ready for it i was like he did the voice he could play him <laughs> it would work mm, no nope. good no. He would need to get a little buffer. Yeah. Um, all right. So the movie starts in ancient Japan, not ancient Japan, more like medieval Japan. It's Japan, right? I'm not. I'm not wrong there. We'll say feudal Japan. Feudal Japan. Yeah. Um. And uh, we have one Hanzo Hisashi coming home uh, to his his wife and and son um and kind of like he he has brought water back to the village and he's like here take this because as you all know water is the source of life element element that brings life life. yeah ah the callbacks yeah oh they're they're everywhere there there were some callbacks in this movie explicitly to the other movie but we'll, we'll get to them i guess um so basically it's just setting up the 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 rivalry between you know scorpion hanzo at this point his his ninja clan and then the lin kuei i forget they say they say scorpion's ninja clan's name here do you remember what it was it's like this the, Shuo, the shit shuojin shuoyin shirai ryu shirai ryu mm. that's right um so they just kind of like set up all this stuff it's like he has a family uh he has like an infant son and they uh just kind of like setting up that he's like he's just he's a good old boy this year hanzo hisashi um and why would anyone want to do anything bad to him um it's a good question does this movie answer that no <laughs> <laughs> okay ancient, ancient ancient rivalries joe they're they're self-explanatory but yeah so they so they just kind of set up like the the son goes in to check on the baby and then like his breath he could start seeing his breath inside and then like he looks up and they have like the the paper wall like mm-hmm. sliding door curtains and there's a guy that just kind of like screams and then like a sword comes through the wall and there's like a blood spray mm-hmm. and like the the lin kuei are attacking um and then there's just kind of like a prolonged yeah. scene of can i uh, ask here 
at any point is the Lin Kuei explained really either. Is like you no. know, right? Yeah. <laughs> it just the the only time I think they even mention them in this scene is at the end of this scene when a character says for the Lin Kuei and there's no context for the audience. There's no reason that that is said. They feel that it's yeah. such a good catchphrase, and I can't wait for every time Sub Zero will say it in this movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> so cool. So cool. Every time you say that, I'm, I'm just thinking like, you know, it's well, like it's like it's like when they say Wakanda forever, you know, it's like, oh, man, I can't wait for all the people out there going to be saying the, this is the Lin Kuei way. I don't or, know or about that Kuei. comparison. The, the Lin Kuei way. <laughs> this the is Lin the Lin Kuei, Kuei way. way. Uh, That's what I'm trying to live. I'm trying to live the Lin Kuei way. Right. But OK, so, yeah, they, 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 they do. They, they set up a little bit. OK, Hanzo's he's a good boy. He's a good. He's got a he's got a good family. He's happy. And then he's like, I'm going to go get some water. And that's when, of course, the Lin Kuei Way attacks, and uh-huh. <laughs> uh, th- there's there's some violence. Uh, Hanzo, of course, comes back. He makes the classic mistake of not bringing the element which brings life back with him. He has buckets of water right there, and he right. drops them. And yeah. that's obviously why he's going to die shortly. Um, Could have ended this so early, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then he um, makes his way back to the farm, and wouldn't you know it, his his wife and child are popsicles. And that is a source of 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 devastation for any ninja. <laughs> can you imagine? Yeah, and so there is only a ninja can feel the true pain of icicle family. Yeah, the, 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 this would be. I, I've heard I've heard different feelings about this this fight scene, but I think this fight scene was more than anything okay. <laughs> this fight yeah. scene with, with yeah. uh, Hanzo Hatashi Hanzo Hanto. Whatever his name is, Scor- Scorpion, yeah, Scor- Scorpiano, uh, but not yet. He's not Scorpion yet. Right. He's just a guy. He's just a guy. He, he he's just a up, man. He picks up his wife's k- k- farming kanai and ties a rope to it, and that's pretty cool. I mean, that's 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 cool. I like that incorporation. So what what kills me about that is that there's no like because they they show that in the trailer, and when they yeah. show that shot in the trailer, I'm like oh that's pretty cool, but like there's no like build up to it there's no like oh he he like has to like scramble on the ground and like all of a sudden yeah. he notices it yeah. and he fashions he instead the... like walks over to it like i know what i'm gonna get yeah mm-hmm. like yeah. i've been thinking about making this gardening shovel right. a deadly weapon my entire life finally which i mean like historically a lot of like yes. actual ninja weapons were like makeshift farming tools done like made right. this way i i feel like what happened here though is the writers were like we're gonna be so smart and we're gonna put some backstory to his weapon mm-hmm. and they didn't think about right. how to incorporate that into the story they just did it and yeah i feel like what dylan said is exactly what i would have w- so much more wanted to see was like seeing characters think and make decisions in fights because that's something that never happens throughout this entire movie is no one ever thinks nope. about what they're doing in the fight the fight just progresses until things change and mm-hmm. and that's true of this fight uh, that's 100 accurate yes it just I, exactly what you said every fight is that way things happen until they happen a different way and then yeah. the fight's over um i, I would argue the, part of the reason uh that's the case is because of the editing yeah it is it is it is so fast like like when it cuts it cuts like instantaneously to something so like there could have been like a shot there where like hanzo like crawls over like scrambles over to the little shovel and like ties the rope to it it's like ah now i have a weapon but we don't don't see that it's just an immediate cut well no we see him go and pick it up so i I think that shot couldn't have existed but i get your point in general like throughout the film all of those moments could have happened that we skipped i mean there there uh, are because of the editing there are so 
there are so few scenes where they just like linger on the people fighting. I mean, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of CG going on too, which is fine. I, I actually didn't have a problem with the, with the CG in the fight so much, but there was just a lot of like within every punch and kick and, and just like different, getting different camera angles on like bits of combat. It was, it really, for a movie that has so much violence and like aggressive kills, it didn't actually feel like it had that much impact when things happened in fights because right. they just kind of happened and the cutting really took a lot of the energy out of the actual fighting weirdly. And yeah. what I think was like, what I think made this fight okay for me early on is like, okay, it's Scorpion. Scorpion's just a cool dude, even though he's not Scorpion yet. It's just is a, a fan favorite character killing some guys and he's in theory killing them in some interesting ways. He's got his kunai on a rope and he's like spinning around. It's like, okay, conceptually this is cool enough that I'm kind of okay with this fight. And then, of course, after he kills all the Lin Kuei Wei jerks, Sub-Zero himself comes in, and uh, I, it's, it's really an extension of the same kind of feelings I have about, about the, that, that first mob fight, where it's just now that we have two fan-favorite characters, it's like a little bit more like, ah, oh, I'm, I'm excited to see these characters together. Let's see what they do. And then the scene ends after Sub-Zero kills Scorpion, and it's like, ah, I guess that had to happen. All right, moving on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, everything is inevitable in this right. movie. I just I wanted to talk about specifically with the the garden trowel like on a rope weapon. He throws that through people's heads, and like some of them are wearing like hard masks, mm-hmm. but it just acts as if like the act of him generally throwing it in their direction makes it like sink into their flesh you know what i mean like it doesn't follow any believable physics either it's not like he has to like build up a lot of momentum before he launches it at somebody and and that that was really lost on me too is like every toss is like limply tossed and it rips through the back of somebody's skull it really feels like they like looked at the video games and how the fighting felt in the video game and just kind of like treated that as like as like the physics of how to shoot a fight scene in real life and it just like video games can get away with it in a different way where like because you have inputs and you have like like it you you can feel like the like the moment to moment like when when you throw a canine through someone's head in the video game you lose control for a minute to watch that like x-ray scene or whatever and it's like a little bit like a there's like there's like a given pool of tension based on the fact that you're controlling the experience here when you have a really quick throw of the weapon and it goes through someone's head and it's just like yeah without that wind up it's like doesn't it doesn't mean as much it's like mm-hmm. right and even and especially like the when you think about like the way animations are done in the game or in, in general it's like to, to give something impact the wind up is a huge part of it like you, it's actually like it's like it's like you you want to feel like power getting charged into the punch throw whatever and it almost never happens in this movie everything We'll we'll get into we'll get into more things like this in, in, involving main characters, supposed signature uppercuts, and other such things that that just feel really <laughs> limp. Yes, um, well but, known fan favorite characters. Yeah. Um, well, is there anything else of note to talk about in this fight? Um, uh, no, not really. I want to do another. I want to do another clap sync real quick. Okay, if that's cool. Uh, let's do one at fifteen seconds. Just gonna miss it. He didn't miss it. Did, did you get that, Nick? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's hard to tell since I can't see your video. I done uh, clapped. You done did clapped. Um, yeah, there isn't much in le- uh, else in that scene. Like, so Sub-Zero, who at this point is just Bihan, um, 
it kills kills Hanzo. Hanzo dies. Hanzo for some reason like dissolves into ash. Yeah. For no reason. It's I mean Yeah, you you think they would explain that at some point, but nah. This is yeah. something that like I don't I don't give a ding here. I, I, when I was watching it I was like, oh, I, don't, I don't give a ding. I don't give a ding dang dong. <laughs> Listen, guys, I don't give a ding about this, it, all right? It's 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 one of those weird moments where, like, as a storytelling choice, if this wasn't based on, a video, like, a well-known video game franchise, I'd be like, that's a strange thing that just happened. Why wouldn't they? Why, that doesn't seem very, like... But, but here, it's like, okay, well, we know he's going to hell. I mean, like, it's not like... It's just kind of like, all right, cool. Moving on, yeah. they, they 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 didn't have to do that though. Like they could have just left his corpse there, and I would have been fine with him coming back later without him burning up. Right. Um, it almost like it's so annoying. You've already said that he comes back later. That the trailers show him come back later yeah. as well. I mean, so that like it was so inevitable that he was going to. How insanely disappointing would it be if they set up the movie with a scorpion? Uh, unless you have, and then didn't show him at all. Unless you have the way the plot does play out. I, I don't want to spoil too much here in the early part of this. I mean, people presumably have either seen it or know it or don't care. But, <laughs> like, you could have brought him back as a ghost or something, right? Or mm. even, like, a there, there could have been, yeah, there, there could have been ways to bring him back that we wouldn't have necessarily predicted it being exactly what it was. Yeah. Of course, in this movie, everything is predictable. He could so have come know. back as a, as a force ghost and he could have said, use the kunai ko. Right. right. Use the gardening trowel. Yeah. All right. We need to get out of this scene. So, all right. Well, there's so, one last piece of this scene, which is <laughs> zip zap, zip zap, zoom. Who's here, Nick? Oh, he's that guy with the eyes, blue, sparkly, purple eyes, but white <laughs> eyes, whatever. Yeah. I wish, I so wish he brought that Christopher Lambert energy, but no, this is a new, a new Raiden, a, uh, uh, more ethnically appropriate Raiden, at least, <laughs> though. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, at least we got that. We've got... That's one thing this film does have going for it, is a lot of Asian, you know, cast members put into 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 the limelight, and uh, apparently all of the actors, like, who did get those spots were very glad to have that opportunity. So even though it's a, a mediocre film, cool that we're getting that. Anyway. It's just weird to uh, see this Aussie washing of Kano still going on to this day. <laughs> yeah, that is still a thing. But Lord Raiden shows up in feudal Japan where Hanzo has just been killed and uh, takes over uh, for Hanzo's surviving infant child um, who has been hidden away in a little basket. Mm-hmm. And that is that, that is the important moment here. I mean, yeah. I think I mean, we're, we're going to get into this so quickly and they pretty much reveal it like right away anyhow. Um, yeah. But going into this movie i knew that the main character was not a mortal Kombat character and i was thinking oh what are they gonna do with this guy i don't like it on the outset but maybe they have an interesting idea for it um they didn't um but i thought (laughs) maybe they they were gonna i was really but the thing i was most hoping for was they were gonna set up this kind of like here's our here's our main character and they were and he's gonna be like he's gonna have to save us in this tournament and then they're gonna kill him off like the first fight or something like that to establish like god i would love that like you know like sometimes the villains can win in fights, you know, and I would be so okay with having a a fake out sacrificial lamb protagonist, um, to make way for a Sonya story or something, you know, I don't know. Um, that'd be genius. I would have been genius. Instead, we get the protagonist we're about to get introduced to. I should say they also have another like really weird thing that happens here, which is that there's a prophecy and I don't, no, there's ever, ever, ever in the Mortal Kombat games. Not that it matters, whatever. Mortal Kombat game story doesn't matter, but, there's a prophecy that it has a little text scrawl here. Uh, maybe it was before or after the 
It must have been after yeah, the prologue. I don't remember. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was after yeah. the prologue, yeah. There's a prophecy that the legacy of Sc- Scorpion blood, family blood, will will save Earth from, from, the, from, from the, to stop the tournament from being fucked. And it's like, wasn't even needed. Not a thing that we needed no. in this film. It's, the prophecy, who said that prophecy? Who, who said yeah. that? Why, why does that prophecy exist? What, what, you can't just, like, throwing around prophecies willy-nilly in fantasy is just, <laughs> it's just that's a ding. That's a ding from me. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially cuz like you don't need to justify like the the Scorpion uh Sub-Zero rivalry beyond right. what's already been established between the dueling yeah. ninja clans. So they have this baby, Raiden saves this baby. The baby has a birthmark mm-hmm. that's in the shape of the Mortal Kombat dragon logo. Hello. We then get a flash forward to our protagonist Cole Young um who also has a identical uh birthmark and at this point i was like oh that's the same kid yeah we find out very quickly that that's not the same no definitely not person because there are centuries there's centuries of difference between cole and that baby i was Um, curious but at the very least i i was like certain immediately that it was like he was he was like obviously related. I mean, they had like motifs that were already like there early on. Like in the first scenes, we see Colin. He's like wrapping up his like his like mixed martial arts gear, and he's got like yellow uh, themed mm-hmm. clothing yeah. and hand wraps and all that. And it's like they telegraphed it pretty hard. And then I can't remember how early it is, but at some point early on, he has a nightmare where he sees <laughs> Scorpion. So yeah, yeah. Uh, he was like hyping himself up in the mirror, and then he'll get like flashes of Scorpion looking back at him, and he's like yeah. all surrounded by flames. So you could have had like that scorpion teaches him to be the new scorpion, right? Like yeah. and that could have been the the payoff for that. Uh, but no. Sure. <laughs> no yeah. So Cole Young, really. he's an MMA fighter. Um, he's kind of like a washed up MMA fighter, and he's like fighting for pennies. Uh, the guy that like runs the gym where he's doing his fight is like, "Hey, where's your quarter man?" And he just points over to the other side of this locker room, and there's a like a thirteen year old girl over there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At, at first, I had assumed it was his sister, but it is actually his daughter. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I I do like, at least. They got something right about introducing this character, even though I don't think they should have introduced a new character. They made him a down-on-his-luck bad fighter, which is, like, good. That's a good start. That's, a, like, That's me like when I play Mortal Kombat games. F- fighter kind of sounds a, sh- a heck of a lot like Johnny Cage. Yeah. right yeah. yeah no this is literally like this it might as well i mean this is like a johnny cage stand-in right yes like, like in the so whole, many ways I, I have to assume at some point in the script it was just johnny cage and they were like hold on hold on we we can't have johnny cage be uh related to scorpion that would be ridiculous <laughs> so so we're gonna have to put in a new character or Somebody was like, well, what if we make him a new character so we can sell new toys or something? Like, there's yeah. there's definitely a decision made outside of the writing team, I think, to change him from Johnny Cage mm. to someone else. Sure. So, uh, Cole gets into this MMA fight. He gets his ass handed to him. Uh, his daughter is shouting from outside the ring, like, use an uppercut when he's, like, almost being pinned yeah. and he doesn't listen to her and then he he gets pinned and then he taps out and he loses the fight and everyone's disappointed in him but no one is more disappointed in cole than himself or or well, well i was there and i yeah. was pretty disappointed <laughs> for, 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 for plot purposes jax was also there and he was 
mildly disappointed. But uh, anyways, Cole, yeah, Cole is he's he's sad about it. But he's you know what he's got he's got his family and they're gonna go out for some for some fast food. They're gonna get some they're gonna get some Burgers. snacks together. He and his yeah. wife and his daughter and they that's a nice little we don't we care about his family don't we care absolutely yeah um also Jax is stalking them which is cute yeah he's like watching from his fucking uh cadillac escalade from like Mm -hmm. down the block um and then he like gets someone on the phone he's like yeah because because he introduces himself in the locker room Mm -hmm. he's like oh it's a cool logo you have like he has like he uses the mortal Kombat like emblem in his like like stitching or something. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I might have looked away, but I didn't know where he used it as his like emblem to represent himself. Um, and his daughter's like, "That's his birthmark." And like yeah. Cole shows the the birthmark, which is like on his on his chest. Can we talk about Jax's reaction here, where he's like, "Oh wow, I'm surprised." Like he seems genuinely surprised when he hears the birthmark thing, even though we soon find out he has been tracking Cole down. Because he knew Cole was one of these marked fighters, and he knows it's not a birthmark. He knows it's this mark of destiny. Well, it, I, I think they're, they're, they explain it later. I think they so they okay. say that Cole is the only one of all the fighters who was actually born with it. Yeah, he's and the only one who's had it since the birth. others. It appeared on them uh, later. They earned it, or they t- killed it, took it from somebody so else. That, that's a genuine point for him. Yeah, to be surprised Jax about. was okay. like, "Oh, you've had it since birth. That's strange that you were like marked to be in this fight since birth." Um, okay. okay. And so yeah. they don't, but they don't tell him that right then and there. So he like, but, yeah, yeah. What? So he goes, he goes to this restaurant. He goes to like this, you know, hot dog stand, uh, like little diner, Dairy Queen looking thing with his family. Uh, his daughter is eating ice cream outside while they're getting food. Uh, his wife shows up because um, the wife wasn't in the previous scene, and then it starts snowing out on the picnic tables and they're like whoa it's snowing and like cole and his wife are looking outside or looking at the snow from inside and then all of a sudden the picnic table starts freezing over and cole's daughter daughter still is sitting there (laughs) and at no point really freaking out even though if i started to see a picnic table literally get iced over in real time i would immediately like get up and run away because i know bad <laughs> shit's about to happen um, I, I, I don't know if that would be my immediate reaction either but i but i would be alarmed at the very least i i, I, would, I would start making motions i would yeah, not sit you, there and keep you eating guys my gotta ice cream remember cone. this is a cool corner kid at a fighting club That's child true. yeah true. she's she's built of different stuff than you and i yeah, she's also, as close to being his cut man does she have the birthmark you think? I don't think so. If all the if all of Scorpion's descendants are built are well, born with the birthmark, is it on like one at a time? Maybe that's what it yeah. is. Um, or maybe it's a sexist birthmark and it's only on male descendants. Mm. Oh no, it's specifically on the daughter, right? The the infant daughter of Hanzo. I thought that was a boy. It's a Wikipedia says it's an infant daughter. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, I'm wrong. <laughs> So, anyways, can you guys guess why there's snow and ice? It's Sub Zero. Oh, I was gonna guess. I was gonna holy shit. Yeah. So he's. I was gonna. Too slow. Are you sure it's not a snow globe? The whole thing. They're stuck inside a snow globe. Oh man, that would be a good Batman episode. Jack says to Cole, "Hey, get it. Come on, guys, get in my car." And he says, "Sub Zero, he's trying to kill you." 
And so they start to run away, but Sub Zero is pretty cool, so he shows up again. And um, are you are you intentionally making cool jokes with Sub Zero? <laughs> no, actually, <laughs> I, I, he's just it's like a the third cool time guy. you've been like Sub- he's really cool. <laughs> Sub Zero's here, and he's gonna kick some ice. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jax decides, all right, all right, Cole, get out of here. Take your kids and go. Take your kid and your wife and go. I'm gonna fight Sub Zero, and I like the scene because I, I think it was in the trailers. Though, am I wrong that that this no, that you're the right. outcome of the scene yeah. was actually in the trailers? It was yeah, something that literally the, everything is in the trailers. Yeah, it was a thing in the trailers that I was like, oh, that's cool. Like. I, I like what they what they've done there, and but it kind of took cool. the, all the wind out of this this scene because Sub Zero mm-hmm. he's a pretty cool guy, but like knowing what was going to happen in this fight it was just like just kind of waiting for it to happen instead of like caring about anything else that happened in it. Uh, You're and just what chilling happens, out, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. What happens is uh, Sub Zero really gives Jax a cold shoulder when he uh, freezes his oh. arms and snaps them off and pushes him and uh, he falls and he's like ouch and Sub Zero leaves and. That's what happens to Jax. Which, if you're like a hundreds of years old ninja assassin with magic powers who can easily kill, uh, what did Jax say? Something like, six tours, motherfucker. <laughs> and like, was like a badass, you know. I, I did uh, like that line, though. Yeah. Um, but you're not going to check the guy you're supposed to kill to make sure he's dead when the whole deal is like, you have to kill him because he's got the mark. Ah. Or... Is it better to take everybody's arms? And why didn't he do that to everyone in the tournament? And then they have the marks, but they can't fight. <laughs> right. So, so to clarify, what uh, what we've been kind of dancing around is that uh, when Jax picks up Cole, he's like, "It's not a birthmark, Cole." And then he like, while driving this SUV, like quickly yeah. pulls up his shirt because like on his like hip. He also has the the dragon mark. He's like, I was going somewhere. We were taking out these people, and then I killed someone. And then this thing showed up on me. It would have been a more interesting creative choice if the if the dragon symbol was on his ass. <laughs> check, check, <laughs> Cole, Cole, check, check my check my cheeks, check my yeah. cheeks, Cole. I gotta keep my eyes on the road. <laughs> I, I like to imagine that one of the characters does have that like Sub-Zero very cool guy but he's probably got it on his on his ass so uh, anyways yeah yeah so we so that that, that is the setup of this is that there that Sub-Zero has been coming after everybody with these marks and these marks are for people who are gonna have to fight to save the plant the planet and planet and so Cole does get out of here, though, and Jax had given him last-minute instructions to go see Sonya Blade, everyone's uh-huh. no, known character, Sonya Blade. A, a name that a real human being would definitely have. Yeah. Well, you know what, Dylan? I'm going to name my daughter Sonya Blade now just because of that. Just because Don't of that. be a coward. Don't put that on somebody else. Change your name, Joe. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Change your name to Sonya Blade right now. If this video gets 15 likes, then I'll... And I'll do this that. video. <laughs> if this podcast, if you can find the video for this podcast, yeah. and it gets fifteen likes, we'll post FBI, it on- if you're watching, <laughs> you post the video. Uh, anyways, shall, shall we move on to the to, to the Sonya Blade section of the movie? Yeah, yeah I oh, think wait, we wait, have wait. to. I, we did skip. I think one early on at some point that we do get a little glimpse of Outworld, which isn't that important, but. No. We do see Shang Tsung, and he's talking to Scorpion, 
Does that happen no. after? No, he's this, talking to Sub-Zero. This already happened, right? This already happened in the movie? It happens somewhere in the scene. It might mm. happen after <laughs> they meet up with Sonya Blade. I don't really know. I hate yeah, the it, Outworld scene so yeah, goddamn yeah, much. That, it's because that fucking green screen. It's the yeah. same one that they use. It's like the same bad backdrop from Annihilation. Yeah. Like, just <laughs> reused again right. 20 years later it's, or whatever. It's funny, too, because... 30 years? Goddamn, how many years? You could take out all of those outworld scenes from the movie and it wouldn't change anything. We don't need to know what the villains exactly. are planning, especially because the villains kind of really explain everything they're doing when they arrive or the protagonists explain what the villains are doing. Like at no point were any yeah. of the like villains. It reminds me of the last airbender movie where we get random scenes of the fire Lord and, <laughs> and they're just like updating on like things we already know basically. Yeah. And, and it's just, and it's, it's just I've, so, I've, or, or in, yeah, yeah. Anyways, I wish I understood this obsession in modern cinema that like always to keep tabs on both sides of the conflict. It's like, like keep your antagonists mysterious, like keep them like in the shadows. So like when they show up, it's like actually a surprise and not like this, like, well, they've been talking about attacking the heroes for yeah. half the movie. We, so. we got to see each of the enemy characters in, <laughs> in a, in a very calm unexciting meeting right uh before we actually saw them come to do any kind of action yeah unexciting is like exactly the word for it too because shang sung he's got like that that character more than i think any character in the movie adaptions of mortal kombat has a high bar to like meet the great performance of um i forget the actor's name uh carrie oh shit i forget his name but um his performance is so good this shang sung is pretty much soulless ah, yeah that one was oh. intentional. yeah um good but, great uh he's not a cool guy ah oh ah. uh <laughs> he's just kind of bland and uh and so it's weird to cut to a villain scene where like the villains seem bored and boring and like yeah <laughs> there's just there's there's so little to be excited about in these sequences with the villains who is it it's 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 shang song sub-zero and sub-zero and, Melina? Is it Melina there? Or is, Mel- is this is this scene no, he's only talking to Sub Zero? Oh. I think well, Melina I know there's might a be scene there. with Melina. There's also um the flying Natara. Yeah. Uh she she comes in and he's like, Natara, so beautiful, isn't she? And she'll and be it's so like, important what? to this movie. Uh, right, nothing. She's never she never does anything at all that it, that like affects the plot in any way right yeah um and then uh cabal comes up he's actually kind of fun. He's, that that's much later we, that we is can, later we can, we can really go ahead and just like take care of all of the outworld scenes so we don't have to worry about th- remember when they happen again yeah because sure. we've almost already talked about everything that happens cabal does show up and he's got his hook swords and cabal for not being a character i know anything about in the actual i've played the games with him I, I do like his cool hook swords and he looks kind of fun. Like uh, his at least fatality, he, got that he like sticks like the hook swords mm-hmm. in someone and then inflates their head and then their yeah. head explodes and a bunch of rib cages come out. Cool stuff, Cabal. Cool stuff. But more important than that is everyone's Mortal Kombat 4 fan favorite character, General Reiko. He's back, guys. Oh yeah. He's finally. Back. And Reiko's time to this. shine. You thought they couldn't do a Mortal Kombat movie without General Reiko, and they agreed with you about that. Uh, so, <laughs> I was gonna say, well, so they didn't. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so uh, Reiko's here, and that's like all—all all that ever really happens in these scenes is that it is, is establishing what kind of villains Shang Tsung is sending, and that he's trying to kill the, con- the combatants of Earth Realm before the tournament 
ever happens. Like that's yeah. it's just a which just, is explicitly against the rules. Explicitly against the as and we then, all know uh, as Mortal Kombat tournament scholars. Yeah. yeah. But li- at some point in the film they do say you can't attack us before the tournament begin tournament begins. It's forbidden. I just said terminant. <laughs> terminant. <laughs> hey. I, I have bad news. It's terminant. <laughs> this, this combat is terminal. That sounds uh, like that sounds um, like a catchphrase somebody would say after a, after a kill in this movie. I guess yes. that was terminant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but they challenge terminant. him with it. They're like, hey. That's forbidden. And he says, yeah, I know. But also, the gods are lazy. So, like, that's the answer for why they can break the rules. Yeah, they're too lazy to stop me. <laughs> that's okay. Gonna okay. rob a bank. It'd be like, if God didn't want me to rob this bank, he would have stopped me. Yes, right? Like, he's not... There's no cleverness to this Shang Tsung. Like, at least it felt like in the previous movie, the 1995 movie he was like trying to secretly start shit, right? Like, oh, I can't send my guys at you, but if you yeah. get into a fight with them, that's on your own time, you know? Like, right. There's some subterfuge involved mm-hmm. here, yeah. not so much. And, and uh, this, he's just like, I'm just going to come kill you, and who's going to stop me? So Cole gets to, well, Cole drops his family off first. He's like, let's go back home, because you'll definitely be safe there, and it's obviously not somewhere the villains would think to look for you right our um, registered address is right definitely and, not and uh then he makes his way to what he get he, indiana jack says some random state and i could he like yeah. he like doesn't he's, matter he's like get all this down right now here's the address he's like saying it as he's about to fight sub-zero and it's like mm-hmm. i wouldn't remember that so mm-hmm. like <laughs> i would just be like driving around in circles um so yeah which is basically what he does because he gets this compound that's just like this this uh like um double wide in the middle of like a junkyard Mm -hmm. and uh he like springs one of sonya blade's traps and she pins him down and she's like who are you and he's like oh jack sent me and he's like oh okay but can we talk about the really cool way he got over the fence instead of like getting anyone's attention and going through a gate he like pulls up behind the place gets on he like does a running start at the hood of his car so that he can jump and like flip tumble over the fence um all because it's just the movie wants you to be like look how cool he is (laughs) yeah there's zero reason for him to do that look at these six flips pretty dreamy i mean (laughs) you know the i think the actor for for all the shit i have to say about cold the actor did fine with a character that i don't care about and the physical performance was fine like he seems like a script they gave him yeah yeah he, I think all the casting is really good overall. Like I think all those act, all the actors. Were, yeah. Like I'm not maybe not performance wise, but they're like it's like oh okay, like that that's it's, a good Jax. Yeah. That's a good Sonya. I I just I, I I don't think I really got a chance to really see if any of these actors could do anything with the role because I don't think the story or script or dialogue really gave except for one character which we're about to get to who had like yeah yeah some really good moments <laughs> and then kind of petered out later. Show. Yeah. He, yeah. He stole the show for like the midsection of the film. So yeah, Sonya catches Cole. She's like, "What the fuck?" And he's like, "Jack sent me." And then, and then, and then Kano's like in the background. He's like, "Hey, I'm still Australian." And <laughs> uh, and and Cole's like, "Oh, great! The coolest character in the movie is now here." And yeah, uh, Sonya uh, does some exposition, which we don't really care about because we've already talked about the plot of the movie. Yeah, she she but, literally does her fu- like a fucking Pepe Silvia scene. She like flips a light on, and there's like several yeah. cork boards full of like postings. She's like, let me tell you about Mortal Kombat and movies. She does fucking- this. Uh, go ahead. Well, she does this, but she doesn't 
uh she doesn't provide any evidence right like i mean obviously there's some pictures of like oh look at this old warrior mm-hmm. but but like there's like a, a, a painting of hanzo and some other things like that but there's not any like factual evidence to anything she's providing yeah. like any real grit and she's like there are other realms our science has never even known yeah. about <laughs> she's got like <laughs> this she's crazy look it. in her face yeah <laughs> but it's not played that way like even he's like even cole is like you made that up which yeah. is not a it's weird as a response but whatever uh but he doesn't like respond as if like you're completely batshit lady like yeah, yeah right. well, she's like and they 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 hold this fighting tournament and the, t- and the tournament's called and she points at like the a photograph of like <laughs> it's like blood on a wall spelled mortal combat and cole's like really that's the fucking name of, it, it, of the thing and i'm like you can't i movies keep doing this shit where they make fun of the shitty names they give stuff he, and it's he, like you can't do that when he, that's the whole like i don't know ah. he, he points out that it's spelled wrong and i'm actually kind of for that because every i, I think even fans of mortal Kombat except that it's stupid that it's spelled with a k and except that it's stupid <laughs> but fun to spell everything with a k anyhow going forward like right in mortal Kombat armageddon they had mortal Kombat cart <laughs> when cart was spelled or wait wait no i guess it is normally spelled with a k N- or maybe not maybe it's because of mario kart just yeah either just mario way kart. mario kart's broken so sonia gets to say look at all these easter eggs and we get to see characters we won't see in this movie uh and uh and, and little like you know news clip, paper clippings on the wall and um and then uh Kano says some funny stuff, but I I, I don't know what what, what yeah. can we say about about Sonya and Kano's introduction overall. Well, well the big so, thing is that uh, go ahead. The big thing is that Sonya does not have one of the marks, but mm. Kano does. Yeah. Um. So she picked him up as some like well-known ruthless criminal lord, as he always is in all the things. Um. I think they do mention the Black Dragons mercenary mm-hmm. group multiple times, even though it doesn't matter. At right. All. Never comes up as in a meaningful way, but um. But he has the mark, so whenever they're going to figure out what they're going to figure out, he needs to be involved. Um. Only in that scene that we talked about back in uh, Shang Tsung's lair in Outworld, he said something like get the reptile army to attack them. And the reptile army is like one dude, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. So we get, um, invisible mini Godzilla breaks into the scene. Uh, that's basically the best way to describe it. It's like a, you know, it's reptile. So it has cloaking ability, but it, so it's like predator cloaking, I guess this, this, uh, lizard man reptile thing. It doesn't look anything like reptile in the ninja suit. Right, but it's contemporary. It, it, I, it's like the new reboot reptile. Oh, is he that way in the games now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, all right. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and uh, then they have to throw into a fight with all three of them. Um, I think the only like clever things they do is they somehow affix a flare to it so that they can see it yeah. better. Yeah. Kano Kano stabs his knife through a flare, uh, and then stabs the knife into the back of the thing so that it's like pierced into it. Uh, impaled into it and there's another clever thing that happens right before because Kano at the start of this fight is is handcuffed uh, which is like a good setup like I think they could have actually done more with this creature coming after Kano and and them having to like like they, there's a lot of opportunity here for Kano to be pissed that he's been chained up while something's trying to kill him and they have to try to stop it or whatever but 
the creature has uh, the reptile has a uh, acid drool, uh, b- b- and so Kano sees that, notices it, and melts his handcuffs off with that, which is like mm-hmm. one of the few times something like happens in a fight that's based on like an observation that we can be with the character for and see what they're doing. Yeah, um, yeah. it's almost as if the writers like had more fun writing Kano than anything else, which shows absolutely Kano has the most fun yeah, as an actor. The, the writers have the most fun with Kano. Like everything he does from this point in the movie until like un- un- until a plot twist later uh, is great. And uh, so I have, I have, I have weird mixed feelings about Kano because he is the best part of this movie. Mm-hmm. No doubt. I also find him obnoxious mm-hmm. and like that character archetype obnoxious. Mm-hmm. I think the only reason he's so good is because he is something, right? Yes. Like yeah. everyone else is nothing at all. But he is like he's the worst version of what he is because he's supposed to be this like hardened criminal badass who like throws off every, you know, criticism or or problem with right. with wit. And that I like as a, you know, as a potential character, but he's also got like the mind of a child yes. and like is like fully goaded into anger the way yeah. that a cartoon character would be. Yeah. Like he's written as a two dimensional character right. in spite of yeah. also being the most fun character in the he, movie somehow. Ex- it, he like really does seem like an Australian redneck a little bit. <laughs> like he, like for, yeah. for, for a large part it, to the point where when he first was showed up, apart from the fact that he was in handcuffs, I wasn't sure if he was like a criminal lord. Like especially because after this reptile fight, um, where where Kano does put, plunges uh, hand into the reptile's chest and rips it out, very cool. Kane then he says Kano wins, which is like oh, oh, I hope they don't do that too much in this movie. Um, and <laughs> well, I got uh, bad news for you, oh, Joe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They uh, they then have uh, a scene where Kano like the, like after we've introduced Kano, the next thing we learn about Kano is that we see him drawing uh, a picture of himself, which is like. Well, that's kind of fun character drawing himself and then he goes on to say that he's writing a graphic novel about himself and so exactly what nick said which, basically is that this kano is just such a goofy child version of kano yeah yeah um, which i like i agree with dylan that this that that it does make kano fun i agree with nick that it makes him something in this movie at least compared to anything else but i also agree with the, the with saying that this Kano is like a weirdly like, especially <laughs> but I also because agree with myself, especially because of the turn in this movie, which is like, I mean, okay, we all know it's coming. Kano is going to be a bad guy because he's a bad guy in the games. And, and obviously he's like Sonya's nemesis. So he's got to be, he's got to be Sonya's nemesis in this movie. Um, but the way, the way he's portrayed as this kind of like affable oaf is really at odds with his turn later in the movie. He just, like I to the point where like I thought the smart twist was going to be that he was going to refuse to turn evil in this movie. Yeah, uh, I was they hoping might save for that. it for another movie, and which kind of would have been cool. Like they, if they had made Kano into something other than just like a a mindless or not a mindless, or, uh, just a hyper smart tough criminal, and made him into something more likable, so that he could have like a moment where his strange empathetic qualities pay off. But it doesn't happen, and so all of this is just yeah. like a weird choice, a weird character yeah. choice. Now, and I did like, at the, just like you said, you knew he was also going to turn bad. It was the knowledge that I knew he was going to turn bad that made me think, well, maybe he won't then. <laughs> like, right. because I'm expecting him to. And because Sonya doesn't have the mark and he does and it feels like he has to pass it to her. Mm-hmm. I was like, maybe, maybe he'll have to self-sacrifice and that's how she'll get it. Like, you know, maybe there will be a different kind of Kano in this. It's no. also really funny in the scene that Kano kills Reptile, therefore, like, preventing Sonya again from mm-hmm. being able to get the... <laughs> 
get the tournament marking. Do you think I had she a, would have gotten it if she had? I wonder. I had a really cool plot twist in mind for when this started happening because I, I thought the same thing. I thought, okay, so Kano, in like in like the obvious world of writing, Kano has to die and give his mark to Sonya. But mm. what if they go along with my idea, which I still think is really great, of Cole being there to die? And what if Cole's uh, yeah. about to die and like like, like he's about to get murdered by an oh, owl person? Fuck. And then Sonya's like this is my chance. And she kills Cole to get his, his uh, mark so that he, she can like have a power or whatever to go forward with the fights. Uh, that which, would be so good. I know. <laughs> so It'd be so fucking brutal. Cause also there's not, well, I guess there is one death on the hero side in the whole movie. Right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. One, so, one. So death. like, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't not ever counting feel in the beginning. Right. It never feels like the heroes are really in peril through most of the movie. And the one death we do get on the hero side doesn't feel like it's really earned. Yeah. It doesn't build up to it the way. I mean, like just every every time Shang Tsung killed someone in the previous movie, it was it was pretty dramatic. It was like right. this big moment. And in this one, we get one character dies and it's just like, well, it, it's the next scene had to happen. So, right. you know. All right, so let's keep going. Um, so uh, so uh, during this fight, oh, go ahead. What's oh up, yeah, Jeff? I was, was going to give you the, the the transition for that, which is just that they they realize they need to go to a temple, and Kano says he knows where the temple is, which is great writing. Because um, right. <laughs> <so, laughs> he used to smuggle through that temple. What's really weird is that they call it an island. They say Raiden's Island. We need to get the Raiden's Island. I'm like, okay, like, I mean, the Mortal Kombat like tournament usually takes place on islands so maybe like now what used to be shing song's islands now raiden's island like whatever um and so he like charters this like uh kind of like, this this smuggler plane to like take them to where they want to go uh they convince him sonya convinces him to take them by saying that she will give him two million dollars and uh he goes make it three million and she's like okay and then he's like awesome and then he walks away from the scene and cole goes do you have that much money she's like fuck no i live in a fucking trailer yeah and i'm it, like it is great. great he also says i was going there anyway you idiot yeah <laughs> like, so they've both duped each other which is yeah. just setting up the perfect kano sonia romance uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so they fly this plane out they parachute out of the plane um it's not on an island it is a barren desert wasteland that they're walking through uh change in post i guess yeah <laughs> um kano says it'll take them 30 days to get to where they're going and, th- <laughs> and then all of a sudden luke hang shows up yeah. after saying that so luke hang's entrance in this moment is like straight out of like i, I i'm so positive there was a shot in the 95 movie where like big haired Liu Kang stands in front of the sun and all you get is his silhouette mm-hmm. and he looks exactly like that Liu Kang in this one it's like it's like perfect I want to go find those shots and line them up um, and I was like almost convinced because I didn't remember actually seeing Liu Kang in the trailer specifically I was almost like wait a minute did they bring that actor back somehow like is he going to show up in this movie digitally de-age him yeah uh, because it's almost like older just the hair like lined up perfectly from my memory. Um, and I'm, I'm so convinced they used that shot, but now it's, it's this very young, skinny <laughs> Liu Kang, which I guess is fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think he's actually, I mean, he's a pretty ripped dude. And I think his performance is yeah. honestly like he, 
he, for for being a, a character who's kind of stuck in a very expositional like uh like yeah he's, he he's, a, he's, he's really tied to the plot very heavily kind of way like that actor had more charisma than i expected for that luke Kang, um for that luke Kang role but yeah uh, i liked him i i mean like any like most of the i think he was movie, he didn't fine. have a lot of room to do much yeah mm-hmm. that's the problem you can't really rate anybody in this because they didn't have a script to work with that let them shine on yeah. any moment um, um l- let's do another sink real quick okay. actually okay. before we do i need to go grab some water okay, okay. get your water water you water water, water. Well, Nick, you can, I, you and I can just do it since okay. it's so only my, you my problem, not his. Yeah, yeah it's your problem. Uh, Thirty-five. <clears throat> okay, hang on. Okay. Cool. Okay. Radical. He's a real rad radical rat. He's a radical rat. Rowan is trying to climb into my lap. Rowan. I'm in a computer chair. This is difficult. Hi. Mm-hmm. My dog is a big dumb baby. Welcome back. Okay. We already synced since it was just yeah, Nick and I. It's, it's just my problem. Yeah. I heard it. All right. Great. Cool. Great. Um. So Liu Kang. Yeah. So Liu Kang. Um, the one thing I really hate about this <laughs> is Liu Kang walks up and they're like, who the fuck are you? Um, since our raid movie. And so they say fuck a lot. And <laughs> Liu Kang goes, I'm Liu Kang. I am the chosen monk from the Temple of Light. And I am here to it just it just vomits lore mm-hmm. at the other characters. And I'm like, I know I understand this. Because I'm a sad human being that has watched several of these Mortal Kombat <laughs> movies and has read the Mortal Kombat wiki more than once in my life. For some reason, I make this podcast. <laughs> For some reason, I torture myself. But this is not good writing. The This is not... The Temple of Light never comes. and They don't show the Temple of Light. They don't show the, the monks that live there. Why mention the Temple of Light? Just say, I'm Liu Kang. I come from an order that, like worries about all this bullshit and leave it at that like <laughs> i like the idea i'm just thinking now if that was the exact dialogue hey i'm luke mm-hmm. kang i come from an order that's like trying to deal with all this bullshit <laughs> yeah that's what he says a lot them. of bullshit in the multiverse <laughs> yeah i i don't know i i think there's a part of me that like slowly started to get in gear with what the movie was doing which was like not being a movie and just trying to like have <laughs> gamey like like pull chunks of the game lore and and have like fan service. But then they like the the problem is that they they do stuff weird that is like not necessary at all. It does not make a good story. Because okay, so Luke Kang takes them to the temple of Raiden, and um, it's there that he's going to explain to them that each of them with the marks once they. Uh, because because Kano has now seen Liu Kang like he's like he he's shown like Liu Kang has fire powers and Liu Kang explains that anyone with a mark can unlock their arcana uh, mm-hmm. by once whatever for whatever trigger like uh, unlocks their mutant abilities and yeah I don't like that I I mean it's like no it's, it's, it's awful it's inoffensive as a general idea but like as a thing that didn't need to be in Mortal Kombat 
it's just like it's, right. it's just weird it's like don't do that i don't want yeah. this and what is wrong with everyone having their own power source yeah you know like whatever it is that that gives them well, there you know whether well, it's jax's cyborg arms or whether it's uh you know like kano's laser face like you know like metal face piece <laughs> um laser face laser um, face. They, taser face. well the well the problem is with that like i can understand this like the introduction of this arcana system if if you're writing something if if you're writing from the perspective of like we need to get we need to get normal people uh, like normal audience goers from the normal world to the magical world right whatever okay. that in whatever kind of, like matrix I'm or fully disagree with you though because normal audiences now have seen avengers and game Zack of thrones Snyder's and, cut and yeah. game of thrones yeah but like, they but but what separates them from like bad versions of this say like the the snyder verse or whatever is that those those franchises lay the groundwork first like you don't see magic like iron man starts off as a normal like arms dealer and then upgrades himself into but a i feel like audiences have caught dealer. up at this point yeah. i think it's thinking We've, the audience is dumb is the yeah. problem yeah, we, 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 everyone has seen movies with robots and cyborgs like jack's arms just be just like he could have just like had some robot arms thrown on him i mean he still does. He just, we'll get to that. But Kano's laser eye, which is going to like, he's going to, his when he unlocks his arcana, it's going to be a laser eye. It's like, I mean, it could have just been a piece of technology on his, on his like scarred eye or whatever, you know? And, and it's right. Nobody would balk at that if they were like, right. and we've implanted a laser in his head. Sonya yeah, that's is, fine too. Sonya is an, is an agent. And in the game, she gets all these like cool gadgets and stuff, drones and shit. And, also would have been totally legit if she had like like near future gadgets for fighting would have been totally legit uh but also just the concept of Liu kang like being such a trained martial artist that he can channel his key or whatever mm -hmm. you call it you know whatever term you put on it like those things are known as concepts now like because comic books have done all the groundwork and because the mcu and everything else exists you don't have to retell those stories you don't have to make an answer for it you know like that that blanket covers everything in your universe you can just say this is a universe with a lot of different origins for powers yeah. and this is how they come about i don't hate it is all i'm saying it's <laughs> oh, like i, don't, I, I don't, super hate it <laughs> i don't think it's a, i don't think it's a bad thing i'm not super attached to mortal Kombat. like i'm not either but i'm more attached to variety i think mm-hmm. for the power sources because that's where like oh ranking up these two you know like disparate types of abilities against each other and seeing how they come at each other is cooler to me a guy with metal arms fighting like a a wizard is like can a guy with metal arms beat someone with like you know this this vast magical power like that's like that's like a fun matchup but when like the magic when the robot arms are based themselves in magic it's like a weird it's a weird it's a weird separation of like it, it homogenizes everything in an unnecessary way. There was no reason yeah. to do it. You could so have... speaking of robot arms, uh, speaking of robot arms, they robot. lead them into the temple and <laughs> Jax is there yeah. unconscious yeah. on a, on a, on a granite slab. And what is I like? Oh my God. Is he, a, is he something we should be threatened by? No, he's armless. <laughs> <laughs> Did they say that in the movie. No, I know. No. I could have seen Kano saying that, but uh, right. Oh, yeah. I, I do. I do want to say. I, I apologize. This is this is me cutting back to another joke, but I feel like because I, this is I know Dylan said this is also his favorite moment, but basically, on the way to the temple, Luke Kang is explaining things, and at one point 
during his exposition, he just puts an arm on Kano's shoulder and Luke Kang keeps talking. He doesn't stop talking throughout the sequence when he does this, but during Luke Kang talking, Kano just says, the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Such a good, like, I I wonder if it was improv. I wonder if it was, I almost wonder. Yeah. Yeah. Because like lapping dialogue on top of that, like that is, is, is not something you usually intentionally do, but, it worked so well because <laughs> the exchange right. is really good because yeah. Kano's whole thing, like him, like him being like wisecracking might not be the best term for it, yeah. but like he, he talks a mile a minute. And so like yeah. when Luke Kang shows up and shoots fireballs off his hands, he's like, Oh, how, like, how'd you do that? And he's like, it's like, am I going to get fireballs? Can I get something cool? Can I just... and, and Luke Kang's just like patience. You need to be patient. We are here to, to protect earth realm. And that's when he like places, he's like, what the fuck? And, like he just like, it, Kano is like he wants what he wants and he wants it now and like to see those two you know disparate types of characters bump up against each other was like an actual like moment of levity of like character interaction yeah that is mostly devoid in the rest of the movie it's also a way it like breaks the tent the monotony of like exposition really well just that a little giggle that is not too distracting like you still basically get the gist of what Luke Kang is saying uh and you can move on with it it was it was absolutely like legitimately more than any fight or anything else in this movie the laughter i had from that was the highlight of the movie for me yeah um so they go inside the the temple is like inside like this hollowed out like cave plateau or something yeah, yeah. Um, there's also another scene where Luke Kang gets one over on Kano where Luke Kang like walks up to like this, this dead end in the cave and Kano's like, what are you going to make a door appear or something? And then he just does that. And it's like, okay, <laughs> like that's just, that's just Kano's thing. It's just constantly being embarrassed, huh? Um, and so they show Jax. They are, we are also introduced to, um, uh, uh, Raiden again uh who also does like a little bit of exposition like it's it they're just kind of like repeating the same stuff over and over it's like there's a tournament earth realm is going to fight outworld if outworld wins again they are going to for the you know this will be the 10th time in a row if outworld wins and then they'll be able to invade and take over earth realm and it's like the same plot as the other mortal Kombat every single time except Um, uh, go ahead yeah, except this this Raiden is an asshole. <laughs> He's like, yeah. these people suck. You got me chosen ones, and they're like untrained, and they have no powers, and they they don't believe in themselves. This guy's and... not even a Mortal Kombat character, right? <laughs> yeah, um, and she doesn't have the tattoo. You're all supposed to get magic tattoos. And of course, Kano speaks up and is like, "What about me?" And he just like zaps him and knocks him out against the wall. Um, and uh yeah he's just a complete dick he is an unlikable raiden yeah. in every way um because he's like so like ob oh, giving up on these people right. it's 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 i mean like it's not impossible to have a, a mentor character that's a dick and, and be fun with it but like right i there's there that's all that's like he's like a one-dimensional that's like his one dimension is that he's he's an asshole while he does it like yeah uh and so and and he's not adding anything to the plot either other than like like actual like plot mechanics like he can teleport things around he can do lightning whatever um his magic not related to his character characterization is is the only reason raiden is really there and uh that sucks and his magic exists without outside of himself as we'll find out later too so he like he sets up uh you know a a big powerful spell which is the only reason he must be here right Mm -hmm. is because shortly after this scene shang sung arrives 
and they have to repel him out. So Raiden takes care of that. And when he does, I guess, instead of like being actively in control of his magic, he just puts it on like a staff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, this staff will keep you safe. Well, I think the staff in, uh, in particular is what channels that shield spell just and then but he's a god (laughs) yeah but he's not an elder god all right that's whatever yeah (laughs) that's true you got to be elder god says to do magic without stabs everybody knows that (laughs) right yeah right yeah just look gandalf i was getting yep Anyways, (laughs) yes, which I think they call him. I think Kano calls him Gandalf at some point. He does. Which again, it's like these are funny. These are funny references. It's it's funny. It's funny to see, uh, Kano take the piss out of everyone like Mm -hmm. that. It just brings some levity. It's like okay, at least someone someone's having fun here, and so yeah, one actor in this entire film is having fun. There is. There is when Shang Tsung arrives, and he and ultimately he is repelled by Raiden. But I, there must be a fight because I think Kung Lao comes in. He Kung Lao is introduced because he, yes. he interrupts a fight, and I can't yeah. remember who he interrupts now. Um, it it's it's Liu Kang and I think Sub Zero. Yeah, yeah, it's Lu, oh, it is okay. Liu Kang and Sub Zero. Yeah, Sub Zero shows up at the whenever whenever any of the bad guys show up. There's also a, like a bunch of billowing black smoke, which is how they uh, teleport in. Right. Um, They've been to the Lost Island. Right. It, it yes. reminds me of, of actually the Thanos t- Power Stone or the Space Stone teleportation where it's like kind of gassy and like it's blue and yeah. that, mm-hmm. but purple or whatever. But uh, uh, it just that, that has that kind of similar like wisp of smoke that you walk out of kind of vibe. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But yeah, Liu Kang, uh, Kung Lao throws his hat in because he's got that big spinny hat. Uh, and, uh, and, then in, and I did like that they like really when all in i mean i'm not surprised because they were like just kind of doing video game stuff but he does like do a little teleportation thing out of the ground where his hat's spinning and he like pops up with it and it's like that was a fun little thing to see at least yeah um Odd, but oddly fell out of place though compared to every everything else that felt super grounded like his animation i don't know if it was totally cg or what but he like almost looked like he was made out of rubber or something when he like pops <laughs> out of the ground and like sweeps <laughs> his leg around and like stands on one foot um i liked it too i just thought it was it felt uh, inconsistent with how they were treating everyone else perhaps um but yeah so they repel shang Tsung and his forces out and then they're like fuck we got to train and you guys aren't fucking ready for this shit you don't even have um, tattoo they say again and again yeah again and again to sony blade um, which that's my favorite Kano moment in the movie is they're like, all right, the training grounds are sacred. Only people with the marks can come in. So Sonya, you got to go. And Kano's like, ha, fucking whoops. <laughs> 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 and, and I just love that. Like, Why I want to start using Kano that movie. <laughs> ha, fucking whoops. <laughs> there's, there's that. And there's another time that like, I, I think it's in also in regards to, um, to, it's 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 either Sonya not having a tat- uh, tattoo or Cole getting beat up or something where he just says "womp womp" in the background. <laughs> yeah, I think it's when yeah. Sonya, Sonya is beating up Cole earlier on and Kano just says "womp womp." And yeah, <laughs> his commentary on things happening is like, if only this, if, if only the whole entire Mortal Kombat movie was like lots of plot happening that we and we don't understand it all because it's never fully explained. But it's always from Kano's limited perspective, and so we just yeah. hear him commenting on. I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> womp womp. And you know what we need? We need we need a prequel series of just like HBO Max exclusive, <laughs> you know, Kano and the Black Dragon Clan. Yeah. Just Kano off doing like piracy shit and being a hilarious piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah, I'd watch it. 
Um, but yeah, so now we get continue kind of this franchise. <laughs> <laughs> well, <So>. bad news. <laughs> so the, uh, the Sub-Zero actor has signed on for four films. Well, if this one does well, which we'll see, right. I guess. Right. Um, yeah. So this, this next arc of the movie um, can be pretty easily summarized. It is mostly just training montages, right? Yeah. Yes. It's just the the good guys training in the in the proving grounds. It's Sonia being uh you know feeling um kind of separate from the group cuz she doesn't have the magical tattoo. Well, she's uh, spending a lot of time with Jax because yeah. he gets little tiny baby robot arms. <laughs> <laughs> little little T-Rex arms. Um and she's like, "Come on, you got to learn how to punch with those Jax." And he's like, I can't, they're not my arms. <laughs> and they just go back and forth with that in their own little private side training. Yeah. Yeah. It's completely acceptable. Yeah. Uh, and they, they, they're they trying to unlock... Uh, well, I, I guess actually, the, 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 at first they're just kind of going over some basic martial arts and shit, but eventually we get to the point where they're going to try to unlock the powers from Cole and Kano by kind of yeah. focusing on what triggers them. And for Kano, they figure out that they need to basically get him angry. So at a dinner scene, um, Luke, uh, Cal, uh, the Cal, Lung, Kung, 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 Lao. Kung Lao just starts insulting the shit out of Kano. And, uh, Luke Kang joins Fat in pig. You should lay yeah. off the egg rolls. Luke Kang calls him a fluffy little rabbit, which is pretty good. Um, and uh is that his animality it's <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool, cool huh? yeah. uh and what i what i knew was going to happen but was is so stupid to me is that his arcana is a laser eye and of course the yes. laser eye that he's been scarred on just his one eye not both eyes like yeah. just he's, he's got specifically an arcana for one laser eye and he says, haha, laser eyes are cooler than than fireballs. Suck it, Liu Kang. Um, and and uh, But the way they get him mad is so obvious what they're yeah, doing. It's really obvious. And him still getting mad, like and not being like, All right, I get what you guys are doing. Fuck off. Like that seems like how he would react. Fuck off, you wankers. I would yeah. have liked that actually if they had done that and then found a, a more like clever way to get him mad. But yeah. uh so that happens. They they also are saying, okay, Cole, so your biggest thing in this movie so far has been getting beat up. So we're going to try to beat you up <laughs> so hard uh, to, until you until you are better at, at fighting. And they beat him up and it doesn't work, which is pretty good. I mean, it's, it's, it's good. It, it's, 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 it's good, except I still wish it was any other character other than Cole Young, because why is he in this movie? Uh, it, yeah, it's, it's that. And it's also weird that they identify that as a trigger for him, because like, yeah. why would you assume that's how you get someone? Hey, Cole, you're a loser. So obviously yeah. being a loser is your defining like, character trait. From a movie perspective, as soon as they set him up as being a fall guy in fights, I knew that was what was going to happen. I was like, he's going to be that guy in this tournament. It's going to like, yeah, well, this tournament doesn't end up actually happening in this movie, but I knew that he was going to get a power from being that guy. And I didn't know if it was going to be like all around impervious or whatever it would be. But, um, so I knew that from a meta perspective, but from an in-character perspective, how did they figure that out? What do they know about him that tipped him, tipped them off to that? The writer's. Um, tipped them off oh with plot wow <laughs> those motherfuckers they're always leaking stuff to the characters she's just standing in the shadows she's like hey come over come here i got something to tell you 
Let me show so, you page 34 of the script. Yeah. Water is the element that brings life. Wait, wait, wait. This is wrong. This is oh, wrong script. Shit. Wrong, wrong one. Uh, speaking of the writers whispering to the characters, the writers whisper to Kano that it's time for him to just be evil now. So Cabal no comes reason. and meets him at the edge of the, the, the force field and is like, hey, guy, you're, you're going to get $3 million. You can get so much more millions of dollars than anything else. Except you, you got to give him guys. like his Chicago gangster Cabal. voice. Yeah. 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 Uh, Kano toots. Uh, you you and, fucking guy. Come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's so weird that they just have, like, it's like they show Outworld and it's like, here's a woman that has wings. Here's a guy that can freeze shit. Also, here's a burn victim that's just a human. <laughs> like, there's no, like, Kano's just there and they don't even bother to, like, Cabal. yeah. Uh, yeah, Cabal is just there and they don't even bother to, like, justify why he's in Outworld or any of that shit. He's just there because he's in the fucking games and doesn't make any other goddamn sense. Like, it's just like, right. well, people like Cabal. Here's Cabal. And also, well, we Cabal also knows Kano. Assume, we have to assume Sub-Zero was recruited from this realm as well because he's from a, you know, Earth realm ninja clan. So in in this fiction, sure, but I mean, like at least he has like otherworldly powers. There's a string there that I can at least like latch onto. It's like okay, but there's some there's a leap of logic that I could make with Kano. I guess we're just assuming like, Cabal also has a mark, though. Yeah, he does, and he has his like super super fast abilities in this. Yeah, he's like yeah, well, he's so, a super fast guy. So it's sure. the same, okay, same okay. logic, right? It's just it 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 just seems so much weirder to just have this guy just be here it's like hey i'm an, i'm a regular guy more so than sub-zero because even yeah. when we're first introduced to sub-zero he has his freezing abilities it's i never like, i never watched mortal kombat legacy but i do still kind of stand by the idea that i think a sh- like, like a potential franchise with this many characters would be really well served time. by having a tv show where you can like yeah. set up these various backstories over time and like all the different locations like a good sprawling world building thing like game of Thrones. i mean very different tone from game of thrones obviously but like <laughs> you know you can set up like the north uh, and the tone. king's landing the outworld and the earth realm and all the other places uh, in between and uh mm-hmm. like there, there's a, there, there's like mortal kombat lore is not like exceptional storytelling, but it is fun. And there's plenty of fun, like comic booky origins to explore with different characters that would make their deaths and murders more yeah. fun. Uh, it just needs more time. It inst- just needs yeah. so much more time. Instead, pretty much all of the villains really including sub zero are just here. Like the only thing we know about sub zero that adds any depth to his character is that he's cool and that he killed scorpion. Uh, and he's for the Lin Kuei. and he's for mm-hmm. the Lin Kuei. the Lin Kuei yeah. way. And he's, he's all for the Lin Kuei way. And it's, and it's, there, there's really it's and it's and it makes it extra weird that that they spend so many times so many scenes going back to Outworld to have them talking about what they're going to do next when there's no motivation set up for any of these characters other than just you know global domination which you don't really need to but if you're if your motivation is just going to be global domination then you don't need to show them you don't need to have these little conversations right. if you're not going to develop exactly. any of the characterization of these villains then just have them be punching bags when they're going to be punching bags um but Cabal convinces Kano uh, to suddenly just be full evil, and I, I feel like it's 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 one of the more disappointing parts of the movie for me because 
Kano being kind of like chummy with the good guys for a bit was the most interesting thing they had going for them yeah. because yeah. it was like divergent from World it was Combat. New. Yeah. Yeah, it was new. And uh and I thought it was gonna pay off in some way. In some way other than just like I, I like I assumed there was a pretty good chance he was gonna betray them, but I thought it was gonna be at a more interesting moment or something. Instead it was just like a, a button to press to get the plot to go forward. And so Kano just mm-hmm. breaks the Raiden staff that's doing the spell, and now they get to properly attack. And we get a couple breakdowns. Shang Tsung teleports the guys in, and we get a couple couple individual fights set up. Uh, Melina is fighting uh, Sonya Blade. Um, Cabal is fighting Liu Kang. And uh, uh, who's fighting... Um, uh, who's fighting... Hung Lao uh, is fighting the winged, winged lady. Yeah, she, well, that comes like... But I was trying to think of... trying to remember who fights Cole. Or oh, Cole... Cole at this point because he didn't get his powers yeah. just before this happens Raiden teleported him back home which is such a dumb fucking thing where Raiden's yeah. like I'm an asshole still even though you've been training really hard yeah. I'm sending you home yeah I mean you don't have your arcana yet in theory yeah. you might as well just like send him into the tournament as just a guy right, right? like what, what's what the, happens if he uh, dies yeah big fucking deal um yeah but <laughs> So and there's and it's not much of a surprise, I guess. Also, I'll say there's this attack at Cole's home. Goro is sent there, and he teleports into the barn so that Goro can gently open the barn doors. Uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, like a nice, like a nice uh, four-armed beast. Yeah. So we have a little it, breakdown here, and it's kind of the most obvious beats you can imagine, where all of these characters, except Khan Lao, which we'll get to in a moment, um, are getting beat up pretty bad by these yeah. these people. Uh, Melina like wipes the floor of Sonia and is like, "You don't even have a mark. I'm not going to kill you." And uh, and uh, it takes it, it takes I think Khan Lao actually saving uh, again Liu Kang from Irma, from a cabal. Um, and then we'll get to like the, the there's a few plot developments that do come out of this though. Yeah. Jax um, is also there, and he's fighting oh, the general guy. Yes, that's right. That's right. He's fighting. He's fighting General Sao. Um, and uh, yep. so Kano, uh, he's fighting the general from the general commercials. Yeah, yeah. Kano Jack is also there, but he's just watching. Yeah, Kano has a little bit of like a uh, you know. Oh, I'm sorry that Melina didn't kill you. I'll kill you. And he like lasers a statue and it lands on top of Sonya. Um, Jax comes and the thing that finally activates his arcana, which is just his this wimpy robot arms getting becoming cool arms, is that he he lifts up this the statue to save Sonya, um, and now he's got his big beefy Jax arms. Uh, mm-hmm. That's he's got magic technology. Like, <laughs> I I mean it's it's dumb, but I, I also am not offended by it. It's just like it's just like a very much like a it's just another right. thing. Sure, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, and, uh, Cole, because he's at home now, he gets beat up pretty bad by Goro, but the thing that finally activates his arcana is of course, Goro going after his familia. Cause as Vin Diesel says, it's all about family. It's and, all about that family. And, uh, Cole disappointingly is just like his powers are just also just a new thing. Like they just kept, like I was so disappointed when this happened because I was like, they are really are just like, this is just a new character. We're just doing a new, the, mm-hmm. the writers were yeah. like, I know mortal Kombat has a cast, a historic cast of characters, but we think we have somebody that's more interesting than any of the established franchise characters that right. fans would be into. You're going to love it. Yeah. So here's a guy with like, 
like squ- squishy tough armor and also some 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 sticks which <laughs> squishy tough it's just he um, has it's like the it's like the black panther armor because it like redirects kinetic em- energy or something it, like, like it powers, lights yeah. up it, when he gets hit it, it like yeah it makes him like punch harder when it like charges up but what, the reason I say squishy is that when you look at the texture of it, like it it's looks like a rubber suit. It looks like a rubber yeah. suit. Yeah, it's like it's like folding over. It does not look good. Yeah, it's like no. band, it's like gold bands going yeah. across his entire yeah. upper body. Um, and yeah, he gets but it two also makes sticks. him. It also makes him like you know cut proof, right? Like we see yeah. at some points, like the size playing off of it and everything. And imagine if there was a Mortal Kombat character who could just be like, "I'm impervious to blades now." Like, good luck fighting me, everyone who uses a weapon in this game. This guy's OP. (laughs) There's the other sad thing that's kind of to note here is that, like, at this point, there's there's so many fights going on, and they're all just kind of, like, underwhelming as heck. And especially because they, for the rest of the movie, they will pretty much cut between, except except for the very final fight. For the rest of the fights in this movie, they will be cutting back and forth between different fights and never letting any fight breathe very much. No. Um, like all of these fights that are happening are interspersed and jumping back and forth, and so there's like not really any good like linear storytelling in any of these fights. Um, Cole, now that he's got his power up, gets to beat up Goro. He does a he does an uppercut, which has been has been lauded and and excited and, and hyped up for this movie, and it's just an uppercut. There's nothing nothing special happens with that. Um, uh, but he does use his tonfas to cut off one of Goro's arms, and actually, this is this is how how like unmemorable this movie is. I forget how Goro actually dies, <laughs> which uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like he cuts off his hand, and I honestly couldn't tell you what happens after. I that. Think just he stabs this him in the head morning. with the tonfa, but I can't be positive. Like it does, like slip by Goro. because all the CG deaths are are just like well okay that's another gory death i guess how yeah. do you make goro's death so unmemorable that I, that we've all forgotten it within 24 hours <laughs> honestly and, and i know like i remember when we watched the trailer at least dylan you were excited about goro's design because it's clearly better than the big goofy like top heavy yeah. puppet from the first movie i get that mm-hmm. but like he looks like a video game character walked yeah. into the scene. Right, he, does. he doesn't sure. look like he's there. He looks like, oh, there's now a projected video game character into this environment. Yeah, and I was just completely taken out of it. All of the fighting at this part of the movie just became noise to me. I really yeah. don't remember any of the like good beats here and there, like because it just it's all just like whatever. Just I'm waiting for the fights to be over at that point. And it, it and it's so weird because like I they like they uh foreshadow goro a little bit like when they're talking in out world and oh, like, yeah. a door opens and you see his shadow like cast on the floor and which the is Shang exactly Sung. how it happened in the 1995 movie right yeah yeah Sung goes like oh prince goro we're so happy to have you and it's like oh, okay like here's you know the the heavy hitters coming in and then they do nothing with goro and kill mm-hmm. him within, within 15 the one minutes scene that he of, shows up and showing yeah. him and it's like that's like i feel like you know i've you know i've made it pretty clear i'm not the biggest fan of that 1995 moral combat movie but i feel like the, that movie like understood it's like the importance of or like you yeah. know the hierarchy like setting of its up, characters yeah setting up a hype for, for different characters yeah and it's like goro who is probably like both a fan favorite 
both in the games and in the previous films. And just a unique character among the, the roster because yeah. he's not strictly you, typical humanoid. And you just threw him away. You, yeah. just, you just cast him aside like he was like he was just fodder. The the Johnny Cage Goro fight in the original in the, the original the, the first Mortal Kombat movie is pretty memorable to me, honestly. Yeah. Um and, and and like they have some I mean like they have some like cheesy stuff that builds into it, like Johnny Cage's friend, because we were told it was his friend, dies by Goro's yeah. hand. But at least we get still get to see Goro like kill people before. Like, Goro kills a lot of people in that movie, and in a brutal mm-hmm. ways. Like Goro, for being so clunky in the old one, this clunky suit thing, animatronic thing. He's it took like, like 35 menacing. people yeah. to work that suit. <laughs> like, I believe. To work that animatronic. W- I, like, when if, going into that fight, Johnny Cage being overconfident was exciting because Goro felt like a genuine threat despite looking like a, like a goofy thing in that movie. And yeah. Johnny Cage beating him was like cool. And this, it was just like Goro meant nothing to me. And yeah. what a, what a, what a, also Johnny is. Cage, who seemed like the biggest joke character in that yeah. movie, where yes. he was like, he can't pull off a fight this big. This is beyond him. But he used he used hitting him in the balls, but also like chasing him through the thing. He used his smarts to make that fight right. work for him. Um, whereas Cole doesn't cl- do anything clever. He just gets punched hard enough that he grows armor. Well, his like, family gets threatened. That's what his, it is. Yeah. It's yeah. His family. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's, Whatever it's, it's, family. It, is, it is no more interesting than him getting punched to get armor. Um, right. It is. But it's kind of like a really cliche, obvious. I mean, it, but it's 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 like poetry. It rhymes with scorpion, you know, oh, um, and uh, yeah. I hate that. Uh, but so Goro dies. The one cool moment that happens here, I I, I, I liked what they did with Kun Lao and Natara. Um, they. Even though, like, it was it's a straight up, up video game fatality. Yeah, it's a straight up video game fatality. Natara had like a brief moment of being hyped by Shang Tsung, and she she flies around and Kung, Kung Lao just like like pauses and waits, and it's a very like cool monkish thing to do. And then he like throws his hat down and forms a saw blade, and then rams Natara into the hat and like splits her lengthwise. He like rides her down into right. it, yeah. And, and he like really enjoys it. It's like kind of yeah. creepy. He's like <laughs> smiling as like her blood is like just like splattering that character all being like him. a sadist is not, yeah. I don't know about, I'm not talking about the video games, but just what we see of him in this movie, yeah. that feels right. It felt yeah. like it, that was his character. It, it just made him distinct too a little bit, that he was a little bit like egotistical, a little bit like kind of cold and callous and maybe kind of down with violence in a way that is surprising. But it, it was also like nice to just see a cool scene uh, that that like subverted, like I was ready for another like fight scene, basically uh, another kind of standard terror fight scene. And they at least did something. And for, for as much as I like, like, like they don't get too many points for this, but at least evoking like some of the fatalities directly from the video games i'm i'm still here for it like yeah do that sometimes there, in the there is a lot of that there's a lot of direct this is from the video game yeah. put onto you know film but they don't earn it they don't this, make it feel like it organically meshes yeah. with a real world fight they for just thing, cut to a video game fatality for one thing there was no emotional stakes between kun lao and no and natara they were just they were just None foes because of the plot and yeah. Also, and Kung Lao says like flawless victory yeah. after he kills her. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. shut up. Like, <laughs> fuck you. 
There's a lot of characters that say, I can't remember all the instances of it now, but they, they, there's they, a bunch of them. Yeah. Now. There's a bunch of these and it's like, Oh, once would have been fine. Um, or if you did what Shang Tsung did in the first movie where he was a guy commenting on it regularly, I would have been okay with that too. Again, just steal yeah, that yeah. idea. Like it doesn't and even try to be emulate the announcer. Just, yeah. Right. Um, Cause that's like his role in it. And that works. Right. I th- I'm pretty sure the, Oh fucking whoops was supposed to be like the whoopsie. Like, uh, you know, but like they didn't go with the uh, like maybe it was an acting decision. I don't know what would have changed sure. it, but it's it's like the, it better it's the it so is. tasty of this film. Yeah. So. So so our heroes are scattered. Yeah. Well, um, uh, yeah. Because 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 even though Cole kills Goro, the other protagonists like kind of get their asses handed to them oh right 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 raiden raiden does show up here though okay so here's so so to keep the plot moving forward um yes please raiden shows up and they're and and uh he's trying to he's, he's about to zap him out of there but shang sung does he just he just does a little magic and pulls kung lao towards him and he sucks out his soul he kills him mm-hmm. uh and uh Boy, oh boy, he should, probably should have done that with the rest of those guys. Like he's pretty, he's pretty <laughs> yeah. powerful. He could just kill yeah. these guys without trying. I don't, um, don't need any of the other characters, right. do you? Yeah, he's just lazy. Um, but he kills this guy, and that's that's that it's it's disappointing as the only death in this movie. And it was like at this moment, I was also like, oh, this is gonna be the only the only hero death mm-hmm. in this movie. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna kill Luke Kang or Jax or Sonya or nobody fucking is in Cole. <laughs> so uh, they. I, I like at this moment, like the stakes actually only dropped out. Like the murdering one of the heroes was like, you've murdered the most expendable one, the way you've set up this movie. And, um, it's followed by Raiden teleporting everyone out and them subsequently coming up with a plan that is at least expedient for the rest of the movie, which is go ahead and teleport each of us to a different location and we'll fight. Um, we'll fight the people at the, that location. Uh, so they have like one-on-one stages set up basically, which, that's a good, that's a, that's a, that's a, honestly, for a fighting game movie adaption, it's a good de- plot device to be like, all right, we're going to have different fight scenes at different locations. Um, weirdly, they didn't have enough budget for four different fight scenes. So two of the characters go to the same place, um, but <laughs> uh, which is directly in opposition to their plan. But um, we have a pretty, an almost obvious lineup um, because uh, of course, Jax goes up against um, Reiko and uh, Liu Kang gets a rematch with, uh, Cabal and uh, Cole is going to go after um, Melina. Melina. And the reason he's going after Melina is that he wants Sonya to get the mark from Kano. So um, yeah. even though Sonya fought Kano, fought, fought Melina and, and, and failed to beat her, she's going to go after Kano, which I guess makes sense. Um, I mean, you, you, you say you, you like that they used like fight stages. I kind of hated it just because it, it felt like another piece of fan service, like just without any real grounding when it like, comes to when it comes to video game movies though i mean like there's a there's there's a little bit of wiggle room to do that and it, it's sure it's, it's more that but they're so clearly like outworld yeah locations right. and it's yeah. just like okay well how do they get there how where are they allowed to be oh. here like what it like i don't know it just felt really out of place I don't know. At this point, I think the other part of me that was, that was congratulating this was that it was an expedient way to get through the movie. What sure. I didn't like about this, though, is that you set up all these different fights. You got Jax fighting Rico on a bridge, and Sonya's fighting Kano in her house, and and Liu Kang and uh, Cole are fighting their guys in, in some place in Outworld, I guess. But all of these fights 
again, they jump back and forth between them so much yeah. that yeah. it's just like so unpleasant to watch. It's not, it's not interesting. Um, and, and even the fight, like, like it's, even though they didn't set up Sonya and Kano that well in this movie, really for having a rivalry, like I wasn't, I wasn't that thrilled about them fighting now. I was still like, okay, I'm down to see Sonya kill Kano. Was kind of lackluster to me. I don't know. Uh, there, it's there, a really weird fight because yeah. she's fighting like she's like a teleporting ninja. First of all, like yeah. she's like popping up through holes in the floor and stabbing them and disappearing. And it's like, well, how is she able to do that? Like move through physical space like this uh, in that way, anyway. But then, I mean, there were some good moments in that fight. I think like smashing his head on the toilet and other things yeah. like that. If that was like the whole fight, if it was like them really like tearing apart the place, uh, battling each other, I mm-hmm. think it could have worked. Um, but it's weird that she stabs him like five times before the fight begins. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then that kind of like, well, he's in a weakened state now, and it doesn't doesn't seem to play. He doesn't seem dramatically wounded by the time they get past those five stabbings right. and into the actual fight. It's just like they've whittled down his hit points, but he's still at maximum fighting efficiency, you know? Well, health right. is different than stamina. Nick. It's true. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's like the video game in that way, I guess. I think the biggest issue is that this is the only fight out of these four fights that are that has any kind of like emotional stakes because it's a character who was a protagonist and now they're fighting a character they had a rivalry with. And um, it it's, it's, it's as lackluster as the other fights. Uh, yeah. The other fights... I mean, there is almost nothing to say about like Jax versus Reiko. Like it's things happen in it. He, he does yeah. a, he does a fatality. That's cool. Um, I don't even remember really what happens in Luke Kang versus Ermac. I think he like gets him in some quicksand. And, oh, it's he not does. Ermac. It's, it's Cabal. Or, yeah. Cabal names. There's so many Mortal Kombat names, but, um, he, 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 he super dragons him. He, he super dragons him. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, he doesn't, he, you know, it, there's no, Apart from the fact that Cabal beat up Liu Kang a little bit earlier, there's no emotional connection between those characters. And you don't... It's not like Liu Kang versus Shang Tsung. You killed my brother. I'm going to fucking kill you. Right. It's, you're just a guy. Here's my giant dragon made of fire. I could do this anytime, I guess. Here's my summon. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, It's weird. It's like... The thing that I feel like should be much easier to set up in fighting movies is that okay, you have a basic when when your when your task is to slot in action scenes where characters are going to fight each other, you should say, okay, how do we set up these characters' antagonistic relationship before they fight? And they do so little of that in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I like that at least the original Mortal Kombat movie did a bit of that. Not not always. There were some fights that were just fights, and that sure. was fine. But it was in the tournament setup too, yes. so it was like it was okay to have some fights that were just fights. Right. In this, it was just forgettable, like really, really forgettable. Um, Kano, we didn't talk about the setup for for the Kano death, but basically earlier in the movie Kano mentions that he doesn't like gnomes and he spits on one garden gnomes and um when it seems like Kano has the upper hand in the Kano v Sonya fight Sonya impales him in the head with a garden gnome which is okay <laughs> like I think right, they thought right they were being more clever, clever than they thought they were um I, I I was just like all right when that happened so the the the, the, the wind the like the all of the highlights of this movie were really just like the wind was out of the sails at this point. And I was just waiting for it to finish. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Is there anything else to say that. about these fights before we get on to the final fight so we can fi- finally finish this movie? Um, Trying to remember. All right, so you said Jax versus the general dude. Yeah. Um, which he like smashes his head like a fucking watermelon. He pops his it, yeah. Metal arms. Gallagher um, style. Yeah. Sonya versus Kano. You have uh, Cole versus Molina, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cole, Cole kills Molina. No, um, no, Cole doesn't kill Molina. Um, I was gonna say I don't remember how she dies. So what yeah. happens is Cole is the one person in this set of fights who actually loses. Um, but Sonya gets, I guess, Raidened in. Tell Raiden oh, teleports her in. Yes, and right, she and right. she does her one Arcana use in this movie, which is that she now has little laser arms. Um, yeah, she has like she, Samus cannons. Yeah. That... I. Anyway, she impales a hole in Molina. <laughs> Um, yeah, it just blasts their chunk yeah, out of yeah. her midsection, which is also like a fatality from the games from the right, new ones, yeah. I think. But like um, everyone else had to train there to unlock their arcana, and she's just like, "Well, I'm here now. I got it." Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I I think that's kind of things. I think it's kind of earned, given that she was like the most dedicated to all this nonsense. Yeah. Like she's the one that like led them on their quest. In... Well, the most of the like new trainees, because obviously Liu yeah, Kang yeah. and Kung Lao yeah, were. Yeah super dedicated yeah. yeah so they all beat their opponents um except for cole because he's a loser and while all this happens uh cole's family gets kidnapped by uh sub-zero so sub-zero takes uh cole's family and takes it to takes them to uh his old MMA fighting ring, like which the gym. is so weird yeah. as a place to have that fight. Other than they're mm-hmm. like, oh, we already got the space. Uh, yeah. And before this happens, Raiden gifts Cole. Uh, this is where Raiden kind of like gives a lowdown. I was like, you are a descendant. You are the final descendant of the Hisashi Hanzo Hisashi, or you know, the greatest ninja that ever lived. Hanzo Hisashi. Uh, here is his weapon. That like, he I'm used. an orphan from Chicago. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's. I'm an orphan from the south side of Chicago. Um, and he gives Which him... Which is such a weird, like, cognitive dissonance. Like, well, you know you still had parents, right? Even yeah. though you have were you, an orphan. Have you ever seen fiction where orphans turn out to be important boys? You know, like... Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm an orphan, but I knew I was born by immaculate conception, so how can I have ancestors? Palpatine right. is your grandpappy. <laughs> <laughs> and he gifts him um, the the kunai, the the garden trowel that, that Hanzo which, used at the beginning of the which movie. Which he promptly shoves into his butt. Yeah, <laughs> he like, like, I know where else to hold this. It tucks it in the belt of his pants at the back, and yeah. I'm like, "Gee, I, that's actually right before the Molina fight." And I was like, the whole time in the Molina fight, I'm like, "How is he not like falling on it and getting stabbed in the butt every time she kicks him over?" Hold the fight! Hold the fight! Hold the fight! <laughs> <laughs> My ass! <laughs> this that is w- worse than being an orphan in the South Side of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Kill my family! I don't care. Oh, fuck i yeah i it's i mean cole it cole what i was like ready for to like to be like all right i don't know what their plan is but they better have an idea for this character in this movie and the just making him like an addition to like scorpion lore is not good especially because yeah. okay so the last fight originally they were going to have everyone get teleported to help fight sub-zero and i was kind of down for that like a full big like make sub-zero just really powerful make him a big menace or whatever but also i guess you have to have the scorpion sub-zero showdown but what i didn't really want was the scorpion skull sub-zero showdown um 
and that's what we get. Cole is teleported or teleports. I don't know. Cole ends up finding his family frozen in place in the, in the gym, as has been said. And, um, and he's getting beat up by sub zero pretty bad. And I guess getting beat up summons scorpion. Is that what happens? Well, he, no, he, he gets, uh, he gets his blood on the, on, on the, the blade. The blade. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which, okay. which so then, imagine if he had gotten stabbed in the butt with that Molina fight and scorpion yeah. showed up there. No, oh, you Great. summoned me at the wrong time. <laughs> also, is that uh, in your ass? Is that ass blood? Did you summon me with ass blood? <laughs> Scorpion farts. <laughs> Get over. <laughs> um, but so they show a brief shot of him in Nether Realm, and he is just like standing in place between these two like giant walls of flame. Like he has spent centuries just standing there like in place not really being tortured but just standing yeah. and like just kind of thinking it's kind of hot here yeah <laughs> the <sighs> shitty cgi fire is really really kind of bothering yeah. me yeah it's so funny how like the nether realm in the 95 movie is weird and out of place like as a function of like whatever what is that space what is it what does it yeah. mean mm-hmm but it looks cooler than this. Yeah. <laughs> like this is just two walls of CG fire. Just some clothes. It's not even fire. It's oh, like man. neon streams. It's like jet streams. Weird looking stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's weird to think that for my money, the Johnny Cage scorpion fight is better than this scorpion mm-hmm. sub zero fight. Like, there was there was like some genuinely fun stunts in the Johnny Cage scorpion fight, and like this they they had like like layers of set design that like made, they set up like okay, here's like scaffolding in hell, whatever. Um, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> they can fall between, but as like, as like a staging for a fight, you immediately got it. And so like you had things for people to get like kicked down from, knocked down from, and like to swing from, like they used... And then you got that fucking shield. Yeah, that, yes. They they used an entire set stick stage and they like interacted with it for this fight. And this was just like, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's cool to see Sub-Zero bring out his, his ice sword and um, that's about it. Yeah. Well, so let's let's see what happens. Now, when so, you like, say so, cool, so yeah. <laughs> so so Scorpion gets summoned. He shows up in the in the arena, yeah. and he kind of like takes over <laughs> from uh, Cole because Cole can't fight worth a damn, yeah. and starts going toe to toe with uh with with Sub Zero. And he constantly, whenever he needs to talk, he has to take off his yeah. like lower half mask. <laughs> right. Which is weird is, because why does he have to do that? Why not? Right. I, I wonder if the actor was just I like, I want to see. Yeah. I wonder if the actor was just like, my face needs to be in this movie more if I'm going to be in this movie. It's, um, yeah. But like, also, you could just take it off and leave it off yeah. for the yeah. fight. Like, right. that would have been fine. Um, but instead, he's constantly taking it off and putting it back on. Yeah. Here's the other thing he died in feudal Japan, and the first thing he says is, get over here in english yeah <laughs> so yeah. what's up with that um and maybe but, i was, mean i do think maybe he learned english back then and maybe yeah, he remembered I mean, he that could have he remembers that he doesn't understand um the lingua chinese and so right, he's like okay well maybe he knows english at least maybe he knows english unnecessary line <laughs> there is that line in the opening scene of the movie where he's like i don't understand a word you're saying but i don't like it yeah. <laughs> like why not just have him understand chinese you know yes, like why not why make it why <laughs> or why not have have bihan speak in japanese because it shows in that bihan scene speaks japanese yeah. that he speaks both it's so weird. What was the point of those choices? Yeah. 
Um, but anyways, the, they it, fight. It, it was for the Lin Kuei, Nick. Yeah, yeah that's so why it was it's the Lin Kuei. Yeah, doesn't Sub Zero say for the Lin Kuei in English? I maybe don't it's remember later. Now. Maybe it's later. Well, he says Lin Kuei, but I mean, like that could. But for the is the part that I would you know. say oh, I would yeah, go back and rewatch have. it, but I will not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so now Cole and Scorpion team up to fight Sub Zero. Kind well, of. There Cole- is a yeah. Oh yeah, Can that's I, right. Because there's an important moment here that I want to point out. Yeah. Which is that while Scorpion and Sub Zero are off fighting in a different section of the room, Cole seeing his wife caged in ice, like she, it's like almost like webbing. It's like like yeah. all over her. Yeah. Um, and she's stuck against the chain wall she's, of the She's stuck of against the ring. it. His solution is to start punching her directly in the stomach to break the ice. And he's yeah. just like like both arms like going at it, bam, 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 and just trying to break the ice desperately. Break. Um, she's free now, but she, now she's got internal bleeding, which right. you know. I also like that he, he does it not only like at the start of this fight when Scorpion's doing okay, but there's also a point where so he teams up with Scorpion for a bit to help fight um Lin Kuei Wei Sub-Zero and Scorpion gets like captured in ice and it looks like a really bad setup like Scorpion's like oh no I'm in trouble and then it would cut to Cole and he's just punching the ice again like he stopped fighting <laughs> Sub-Zero to keep on punching the ice yeah. <laughs> and he like, looked over his cut. shoulder he's like you good all right cool pop 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 <laughs> It's it's it's. I mean, the all, the editing in every fight scene is so yeah, I was gonna bad. Say, it's so it bad. It probably didn't play out that way on the set when they mm. were like, "This is how this fight's gonna be choreographed yeah. and how it's gonna be, you know, seen." And then somebody got in editing and was just like, "Yeah, move this, move this, whatever. This is fine." Yeah. What ends up happening? I I so Scorpion does get out of that and he starts to use his fire, his hellfire magic, and he like uses it to at least like early on we see that he's 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 like melting the ice on on Cole's family um i did like the moment where scorpion recognized that this was his descendant and also this is his defendant descendant's family like in danger like that mm. was cool cuz it was like and that that was like okay they've actually set up a character motivation now and he's like oh no like my like he gets a chance to protect his family still which, which i liked um and i think that's that's when he like d- Starts beating up Sub Zero for real, right? Yeah, right. It's it's the, this is actually kind of a long fight in a way that's not not good. Like you would want it, you would think you would want a Scorpion <laughs> Sub Zero fight to be long because it's such a you know like all the opportunities to do cool things with them. But for the most part, there's not a lot of interesting beats until the very end when they tip the scales. And really, the only thing that's interesting about it is that Scorpion says, "Oh no, I got to save Cole's family," um, and. Uh, I, I I don't remember how it gets to the point, but eventually Scorpion again takes off his mask. But now he does the the little like usually it's like a skull in the game when he does this, but he breathes the fire out, you know. Well, and it he, starts turning well, he, into a skull. Yeah, as he, he transforms as he into a skull. Yeah, a little bit. yeah, yeah. Um, but he uh, <clears throat> he says something like, "You thought you were sending me to hell to burn, but instead I mastered the fires or whatever." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh. I became. I was born with the fire. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, and so yeah he uses hellfire and he, and he burns up and, and, and then Sub-Zero gets to say this is the Link Way way this is the link, uh, for the Link Way he says it again he says it as many yeah. times as he can um, and uh, I mean is there anything else to say about that fight isn't it, isn't it so disappointing that it's hard to remember anything significant to say about the Sub-Zero Scorpion fight I enjoyed it when I watched it but yeah it's not like I there wasn't like huge moments from it yeah. like you know what yeah really actually and this is something that i mentioned at the beginning of this but also again here it's just like 
every fight scene has the most like generic music. Even this, they're like like final fight scene. There's just like it's just like really really stock kind of like orchestral and the moment that it fantasy almost music. worked. The moment that it almost gave me like an emotion is when Scorpion arrives and they go dun, 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 dun. and I was like oh, it's the Mortal Kombat music it's the Mortal Kombat music and then they're like and then fade out and back to orchestral yeah <laughs> like it they don't even give it time for you to enjoy that feeling before it's gone yeah and you're right like the whole movie the soundtrack never shuts up I've noticed that like there are never moments of just like good quiet conversation without uh-huh like a sweeping orchestral background or just music fights where it's just like breathing and hitting and like you know like yeah fucking like it's always yeah. the most generic orchestral music that you can't like it doesn't feel right for the scene mm-hmm. and it doesn't add anything because it's like it's not it's not even like the contrast helps because it's all the same throughout the whole movie um really lazy soundtrack i it just I, what a weird movie so Let's wrap this up. They beat mm-hmm. Sub-Zero. Raiden shows up and he's like, I'm pretty impressed with you. Now I'm going to be nice because you've got a mark, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and well, Sh- Shang, Tsung, Shang Tsung also briefly shows up. Yeah. And, and he's he, like, ah, I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> disappointed. And Shang Tsung. Yeah, but he, he's not that disappointed. Yeah. Because he's like, death is only a gateway to another realm. The new so realm. all of the, the oh, new yeah. Cybot re- Sub-Zero is going to come oh. back as Noob Cybot probably. Yeah, I've heard that actually. I mean, um, it's like the most, it's like, they've got to do that, right? We'll yeah. have another Sub-Zero and like, and like yeah. was younger brother or whatever, or a different descendant. And then we'll have Noob Cybot almost certainly. Yeah. But then and, do they bring back Scorpion? Because he seemed like a pretty final out when he was like, thank you for protecting my family. I'm gone. Like, it seems weird to not have Scorpion in a future movie, yeah. but also like, it would be weird to bring him back at this point. So like, it's all well, bad no matter there's, what. There's definitely ways you could bring him back. You could have, cause you could introduce like Quan Chi or something and have him be like, okay, I'm going to use you now. And then Scorpion's like, oh no, yeah. I'm going to be a villain. Um, what I'm wondering is even if this movie is successful enough to get sequels, will the fans be isn't. like, please kill Cole. And they'll be like, okay, no one liked <laughs> Cole in the first movie. So we're going to kill him in the second movie. <laughs> yeah. Because who liked Cole? Really is what I'm curious. Right. For, I'm curious to find people who did like this movie and then to see if they still liked Cole. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or is it going to be one of those things where, you know, yeah, they signed sub zero for four movies, but is every other cast member going to be like, that was terrible. I'm out. <laughs> and like they cycle the whole cast, just like the previous one. I don't um, know money. Uh, this seems like it I has don't more... know money either. <laughs> this, this, I feel like because it's had a bigger production value, I can see cast members being like, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll get was it really for... a bigger production value? Like, it, it was bigger than the 95 one only see. because like time has made money, you know, like, like, right. <laughs> like Go farther. inflation exists. Right. Yeah. Right. So, uh, and yeah, CG has gone a lot farther, but it didn't really feel like a bigger, better budget well, movie. There was I still mean, so much bad green screen. Why, why oh. do, does every Mortal Kombat movie insist on fighting in front of a green screen when by the nature of like quick movements in fighting, yeah. that green screen is going to be, very obvious and very uncomfortable to look at like stop doing it put them in a set like it's the only way to make this look believable and and you know but it's it's every single one of them to Um, to answer the question real quick of of the budget um it is 
pretty low for a movie with this many effects and, and like things to do. Fifty-five million, which is large, but not like what you know, big action blockbuster large. Um, yeah. yeah, and well, definitely was stretched to its limits with this. Although I think they had some things going, like they did like. Even though the editing was bad, they had some good cinematography throughout the movie. If I'm going to give it a compliment, there were some pretty things to look at, Ugh. but there were. I don't get me wrong. I know what you're saying you. about set design, um, but there were some like like the the, the Liu Kang shot was good. <laughs> the, the Liu Kang walking the one the stolen <laughs> from a different movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, anyways, um, continue. So, sorry. I, I think the reason the budget was so low is because you had pretty much unknown actors throughout this whole thing, or like tv actors like mccod brooks is in it he's the he's jacks like he's been in some stuff but on a tv level um and everyone else is like never seen them before um and then you've got a director who has never directed anything before this movie other than he did some playstation commercials and he did a short film yeah and that's it this is his breakout role and he's like an old guy and <laughs> he said in an interview i didn't even want to do it i told my agent to get me something else because I've done the video game thing with those PlayStation commercials. I'm over it. <laughs> like, Great. That's who you want directing. He didn't want. Yeah, I didn't. That's not a direct quote. I should oh, probably get amazing, the direct quote. Amazing. But, but it is it is pretty close to that where he was just like, I didn't even want this movie. Um, but they threw enough money at me. So I did it. Uh, Weird. Like, Who would you get to yeah. direct a Mortal Kombat movie? I was thinking throughout this podcast that James Gunn would Any be kind of fun. Any martial arts? James Gunn would be very fun. But really, you'd want a martial arts film yeah, director, right? For like sure, you'd for want sure. someone who knows what they're doing. With Get a the martial raid arts guys film. to do, yeah, Mortal Kombat That'd be movie. Awesome. Guys, we haven't finished this movie yet. That's true. Yeah, I one wanted final out. Scene. <laughs> I wanted out so bad. Well, we gotta talk about the setup <laughs> right. for the inevitable Mortal Kombat sequel movie. Uh, so Paul goes back. To his his the the gym and goes back to the locker room. <laughs> the gym, which is not destroyed and not right. covered in ice. Yeah. It's not like the guy that like was talking to at the beginning of the movie comes in. He's like, "You see what the fuck happened to my gym?" Yeah. Like, What's that would have been on? great. That would have been awesome if that happened. But instead, he's just like, "I'm gonna act like nothing ever happened." Right. Yeah. And he's like, "I got a new fight lined up for you, Cole. Do you want to take this one?" He's like, "Nah, I'm done. Go fighting for two hundred dollars." And he's like. All right, well, what are you going to do? He's like, I'm going to Hollywood. And he's and, like, what's in Hollywood? And he's like, doesn't say the anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, he, he does say something. He says, not what, but who? Yeah, <gasps> he does. Uh, and then he walks past a poster of Johnny Cage's Big Sexy Hands. Yeah. And what what is yeah. the name of the movie? It's like Thunder Cage or something? It's like, oh, un- uh, it's something that it does have Cage in the name, I, but I can't yeah. remember. Um, but... Uh, yeah. Please don't make a Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, too. I really don't want another one. I really, really don't want another one. You know what I? You know what I want to uh, recommend to you guys based on this movie is um. So uh, this is tangentially related to Mortal Kombat. Um, okay. from Mortal Kombat one, the actor who plays Shang Tsung, Carrie, uh, Carrie. Okay, I'm gonna get his name right this time. Uh, because he because he's a he's a good guy. Carrie Tagawa. Uh, you should go watch the show. Uh, the 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 uh, you should go watch. Hold on one second. <laughs> Why don't you Hold have on. this queued up too, Joe? I, I should have been ready for this. You should go watch The Man in High Castle on Amazon with that guy. Yeah, he's good in that. He's good he's in that. He's so good. He's so good. He plays He plays a, a leader of in the in a world where the, the Axis powers won World War II. He plays a leader of 
the Japanese like uh, control like occupied America. Yeah, 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 yeah. And man, does he kill in that role? He's so good. So, anyways, no, I like that, that actor. Yeah, um, yeah. He also reprises awesome. himself as Shang Tsung in the so most recent Mortal Kombat Beautiful. movie. Love that game. Game. Yeah. That's a genius. Yeah, I wish he'd done it in the movie too, because I feel like he still could. Just make him an yeah. old Shang Tsung and use like For sorcery sure. powers. Yeah. And that's what they do. And they 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 have him play as an older version of himself, and then they de-age him. Like he can transform himself into a younger version oh, nice. back and forth mm. in the game. Or but I mean, like even another, in the movie, character that he stole in the soul yeah. of. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like he, he turns, does that in the games, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Yeah. And in that one specifically, he like turns into Ermac and Reptile and whoever yeah. the purple ninja is. What the fuck? This is genius. Why don't they do this in this movie and bring yeah. him back? Well, I mean, I guess it would be contingent on him wanting to do it again. Right. But, yeah. But he was willing to do <laughs> yeah. it for the video game. Maybe he'd be. I don't know. Right. I. But Maybe I'm they actually didn't even ask him. Glad they didn't waste him on this because I would have been That's disappointed to see him here and then be like, oh, this is what you've done with him. Uh, oh, yeah. I see. I see. I see. All right. And like, I have no idea if the actor who played Shang Tsung in this movie is good or not because they never gave him a chance to emote or anything. He yeah. just walks around. Yeah. His eyes turn black and he sucks a guy's soul out. And that's it. I don't know that's if you recognize that actor, Nick, but it's the guy that plays the uh, the the crime boss uh, treasure accountant guy from the Dark Knight. Yeah. Like oh, it, okay. That I've Batman kidnaps things. from Hong Kong. Um, what else has he been in? Because this is well, this. In is, this he was such a nothing character and nothing role. It's disappointing in a big way. Like I, I guess they wanted Sub Zero to be the character that we most related to as a villain, like the not related to, but like despised, despised, feared, yeah, etc. Like the most that we hung our emotional hat on. But I don't feel like we got that much with him either. No, total bummer. <laughs> well, Joe is. Did you find anything, Joe? Yeah, I uh, bear with me. I'm, I'm gonna okay. So it's Chin Han, um, who is. Let me see what he's been in. And I, I know this is a really exciting. Bear with me, guys. It's been a while since I've done a podcast. It's hard to Google things, but um, I'm at least curious to find out what he's been in because I know I've seen him in things, right? You, you, All right. You must well, while Joe looks things. that up, Nick, what's your final verdict on this movie? All right, I give this movie one fatality. Because it killed my free time. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. The 1995 Mortal Kombat movie, much better than this one. <sighs> God damn right, Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> it really is, though. Like, by a significant margin, too. It's, it's, yeah. it's not really a question. There's so much more, like so many more little entertaining bits out of that. Like the really and truly, when you look back at this movie, the only really entertaining thing was Kano by the end, which is weird. <laughs> it's weird to Fucking say. Fucking whoops. Yeah. Um. He was also in. Um. This, this actor was also in the the recent Ghost in the Shell movie, Marco Polo, which is actually a pretty fun show for a little bit. Uh. He was in the the Rock the Dwayne the Rock, Dwayne the the Rocks and Johnson movie uh-huh. skyscraper big big one that's a big one um uh. he was apparently in captain america and the, the winter soldier i don't remember him in that anyways neither all right so, what'd you think joe i would give this movie two captain americas out of 10 okay great all right two two anthony mackies out of 10 yeah <laughs> um cool Great. Awesome. Joe, so glad having you come back to watch what what is sh- assuredly a phenomenal film. Yeah, my life has changed. 
Yeah. From watching this. Yeah. Because yeah. now I can finally say Dylan recognizes the true value of the 1995 Mortal Kombat movie. Well, <laughs> yeah. I say I'm saying it's now it's Dylan's favorite movie. movie. We've now, I, now he acknowledges how good of a movie it is. Loves oh. it. No, then then saying that. Do you guys remember when not... Scorpion dies and he's got a postcard that says to my favorite fan Johnny John, Johnny Depp. I mean, uh, Johnny Cage. <laughs> to my favorite Depp. fan, Johnny to Depp. To my favorite fan, Johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Scorpion was Johnny Depp all along. <laughs> I'll never forget this face. Um, all right. Well, Nick, are you ready for our next film that we'll be watching? No. How could I be ready for anything after this? Why is this? Who knows? This one might be good. Uh, Joe, are you interested in joining us for our next one? Are you going to go back Go back into your slumber? We'll have to consult on the uh, other realm because because it's hard to predict actually where I'll be being at any the point in time for the, for, the, for the near future. So, um, fair. That's fair. But, but um, potentially... All right. Well, next up, whether or not you join us, we'll be watching Laura Croft colon Tomb oh. Raider, the Angelia Jolie 2001 film, which I've never seen. At, well, I was going to say, at least I can't be disappointed by this one because I have seen it. Oh, okay. Mm. So you know what we're getting into then. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'm excited and we'll see you next time. <laughs>